each Sunday night I'd watch the practice with none of my friends I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends But I'm out of practice With your host, Keith Barney episode of the Out of Practice podcast detailing the pilot of the practice. How you doing, Dex? I I literally couldn't be more excited than doing this pilot episode with you, Keith. Well, so uh, I think we should start before we get into the episode, and we will, and don't worry, we're going to say when we're going to start the episode in the description of the show. Mm -hmm. So uh, just look on your phone right now, and you can skip through all the nonsense of us talking about ourselves. Yeah, but that's like... That's sort of like the icing on the cake, right? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Is Does it? that make us talking about ourselves the cake? Well, if we're getting down to the nitty gritty, I mean, isn't that the reason you podcast in the first place? To talk about myself? Of course. But I'm yeah. not sure why anyone would want to listen to that other than me. Well, that is paradoxical. If no one's listening... <laughs> then is this not just free therapy for us both? <laughs> exactly. So let's talk about who are we? Who are you, Degs? Good question. A very good question, hence the therapy. But my name is Mike Indeglio, and I am an actor, entertainer, singer, comedian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> comedian? When did that happen? I just put that in. <laughs> uh, I also uh, do design and instructional design consulting for an ed tech startup. So that's another way of saying i freelance which means i have enough free time to do a podcast no one listens to freelance do you mean basically unemployed i get a paycheck and i owe enough taxes that say i made something ah, how about that and uh my name is keith varney i am a i used to be an actor in fact that's how i met uh Degs. we were both doing the z level non-equity <laughs> tour of titanic what about ten thousand years ago uh, actually, Keith, did you know that, and this is bizarre, but from the day I began my sophomore year of high school to mm -hmm. the day I met you, was the course, was the run of this show, The Practice. Really? Yeah. So it bridges uh, that gap. It was just really, really, really meta. Wow. That's not interesting to anyone. <laughs> Barely myself. <laughs> <laughs> I tuned out while you were talking. Uh, anyway, so I'm, I, uh, as, again, I started as an actor. I'm now primarily a writer. I write musicals and horror novels and anything nobody will pay me for. Uh, so why are we doing this? Why are we doing this podcast? It's a good question. It's because we had a few drinks the other week. Uh, Keith and I used to have a podcast 17 years ago. Uh, no, some years ago, detailing two heterosexual men's opinion on uh, the Broadway theater scene. 
Because we're both theater people. That's what we do. Yep. Follow Spot Podcast. If you can find an episode, you should listen because it was... You know what? I'm just going to leave it at it was. And No, if you can find an episode, please stop hacking my computer because that's the only place they exist. Anyway, we really enjoyed that experience. We just It just became a lot of work uh, with not, not a ton of return. And so we decided we wanted to... Pop- oh, that's good. That's going to give people confidence we're actually going to finish <laughs> this whole thing and not give up after two episodes. Well, hence, we for years, I think both have kind of flirted with the idea of doing a podcast again. We didn't know how or what. Keith sort of has recently fallen in love with... Uh, fallen in love i don't know why i use that turn of phrase but really started to enjoy a podcast that followed a similar format where they followed a uh yeah i mean basically this show our show is going to be a shameless ripoff of a a podcast called star trek the next conversation with matt meyer and andrew secunda who uh i think just have come up with a really good way to uh, work through a show that they love and a format where one of them is a super fan and one of them has never seen it before, uh, never, which is going to be our format as well. So we're just, anything that's good about our podcast, uh, uh, they did it first and uh, better. Yeah, uh, but, that's fair. So let's talk about our relationships with the show, The, uh, the Practice. And, uh, like, why are we doing the practice? Well, I'll tell you why we're doing the practice, because uh, the practice was one of my absolute favorite shows uh, back in the 90s. And I was I was in high school watching the show. Um, it was one of those, like, few shows that my parents didn't judge me for watching, because it was smart. It had, uh, it was talking about interesting issues. It had complex adult conversations. And uh, it was really washed out, so it probably wasn't trashy. Uh, it was really desaturated, so they thought it was like classy TV. Uh, but anyway, so I was a huge fan of the show. I, you know, when I went to college, there was no TiVo back then, of course. So I missed a couple episodes. So I have some gaps in my knowledge, um, but I'm, I'm really passionate about the show. I think it's, I think it's really well written, really well acted, and they also brought in the most amazing menagerie of guest stars you'll ever see on a on a TV show. Um, so tell us what you know about the practice. Well, it turns out uh, it, when the show came out and when I was in high school, I was more into, I guess I watched more situational comedy. That's where I spent my TV hours. Uh, having gotten older now, uh, I love true crime. I love, um, I guess procedurals is, is sort of a loose way to frame it. I'm a big fan, um, but I've never in any way, shape, or form entered into the Kelly universe. None. With the exception, a little bit of my mom watched Boston Legal, which came right after this. Um, so I have a, a, a very, very vague, cursory sort of experience with that. So I, I'm kind of the direct opposite. I'm jumping in totally fresh to the Kellyverse, totally f- uh, fresh to um, the practice. And I'm really excited about it because uh, I, I'm, I'm a habitual watcher of of background for some reason and trying to catch the little bizarre things happening in shows and i I think that uh this is going to be rife for that exploration as well as just kind of visiting the peace and crime and maybe keith the big questions like morality and justice Ooh, yeah boy that we're qualified to talk about that so (laughs) i think that that should bring us like what makes us qualified to talk about anything uh in this in-depth legal show well, nothing whatsoever. Yeah, nothing. But you know what? To hell with that. I listen to so many people talk, have in-depth conversations on the subway about shit they have no no right discussing. <laughs> and if we can have a conversation, and, and hopefully, I mean, our, our true goal is to, to extend this conversation outside of this podcast, hopefully. Um, so, who knows? Let's just, you know, 
We'll see what happens. And, and uh, you know, there's one thing that uh, this world is really lacking for. And I feel mm. like we can contribute a little bit um, to the, the greater good of society. And we're really lacking from the opinions of unqualified straight white men. It's true. Yeah. So I, I feel like we can finally, finally, someone can speak up for the ignorant straight white man. Yeah, you know, and uh, some some have many have said that you look a lot like McDermott. So I feel like we've got that that corner covered as well. No, no, no one has ever said that. I just said so, it. Man. I just said uh, it. Uh, that, well, it's a podcast, so how are we ever going to know? Uh, so I think we should, before we dive into the episode, um, and I'd, I'd heard the 10 people who are going to listen to this roll their eyes, uh, but we should talk about the Kellyverse. Yes, we should we talk should. about the creator, uh, the progenitor of this show, David E. Kelly, who is one of those like super powered showrunner writer people out there, um, sort of Aaron Sorkin ish. So they sort of like twinned, they went back and forth doing this sort of a thing. Um, but David E. Kelly began his career writing for LA Law, which uh, another great uh, series back in the 80s. Um, and then he started creating shows to write with himself. So he created Doogie Howser. Oh, love then he Doogie. Moved, right? I lied already. I, I have watched a Kelly. Epi- I didn't know that. He wrote that. I've been in Doogie's house. Oh, it's the first name drop of the podcast. Wow. You know, you just got 365,000 extra listeners because you've been in the Doogie house. I, I have been in the Doogie house. Oh, you said Doogie, um, not Doobie? Oh. No, do oh, oh no. Yes. Yeah, my bad. Forget it. Yes. Anyway, uh so after after Doogie he moved on to a show called Picket Fences, which I really enjoyed. I also watched at the time. Um uh it was really groundbreaking for its sort of com- more complex storytelling for the 90s cuz this was before the golden age of TV. So anything that had more than one story or that had any sort of moral ambiguity or gray areas was completely Oh, there's the Doogie theme. Thank you. That's how quick I am picking up your references. Oh my god! Way to Google. <laughs> that was Way like to six, find to pull up YouTube. Minutes. Six minutes late. <laughs> I was like halfway into the next series. Uh, I'm, anyway, I'm my own so, intern. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Uh, Picket fences. Really great. Tom Skerritt from Alien. What a great actor. Uh, then after that, he created Chicago Hope, which is another show that I really enjoyed. So I, w- I was sort of like a David E. Kelly nerd before I knew who David E. Kelly was. Um, so other, uh, so after Chicago Hope, we go into the practice. Congratulations. Good job. All right. That's it. I promise. <laughs> uh, so after, after that, he began... Uh, sort of at the same time, The Practice and Ally McBeal, two uh, lawyer shows set in Boston that existed in the same universe because they had characters crossing over, but with wildly different tones. Um, Ally McBeal was sort of a, a zany comedy drama thing with all the CGI characters and the dancing baby, if you remember. Uh, and The Practice, which is a lives much closer to the real world, um, but they all happened in the same universe and then opened up Boston public, which took place in a public school, obviously. Um, again, more crossovers there. So he begins creating this entire empire of, uh, shows set in Boston, 
um, followed, of course, after the after the practice ended with Boston Legal, which picked up some of the characters and continued some of the story again with sort of a tone that lived halfway between the practice and Ally McBeal. And that sort of uh, ushered in the Shatner Renaissance. That that absolutely began the Shatner Sons, uh, which was interesting because like I'm a huge Star Trek nerd, but I was like I I, don't, I just don't get William Shatner. He seems like a dick. But this this Boston uh, pub, Boston Legal actually made me like William Shatner again. I was like, did that actually, predate, he's, he's really funny. Did that predate the Priceline sort of resurgence, or did that happen before? I think it predate. I, I think it sort of made the Priceline thing happen um, because like he went from like, oh, he's this like ridiculous guy who wrote Star Trek Five, and no one will ever forgive him for it who seemed like pompous. And then all of a sudden in, in Boston legal, he has this incredible sense of humor about himself and as an actor. And that was really where his, like he became such a good actor when he realized like his sweet spot is this uh, self deprecating, self-aware sort of silliness, um, which I thought was, was great. I think many people get their third kind of career boost from honing that skill, which is really difficult when you've sort of built up a thick skin and an ego over the years. A lot of people don't want to submit to that. But once they sort of, those who really find it, I'm trying to think of another example of somebody who really. Well, Michael Douglas on the Michael Douglas, yep. Michael Douglas. All of a sudden, like, you know, you've, you've spent your entire career trying to be like young and hot and cool. And then like, you're like, oh, you know what? No, I'm like, I'm like 70 years old. I'm old. Let's, let's have some fun with this. Betty White's a great example. Betty White, the resurgence also happened in the David E. Kelly verse. We're going to get to that in about 15 years. Huh. So, uh, (laughs) like literally 15 years of podcasting before we get there. Uh, but anyway, so then you know going on today i'm not going to go through every single show he's ever done but he's now uh creating and writing the big little lies didn't he do goliath also he did do goliath um so he's so the dude pretty much owns an entire country um and has this huge empire as a writer and as a creator and uh do you know who he's married to speaking of awesome things from the 90s uh steve harvey no, it was somebody that we wished that we were married to in the nineties. Hmm. Alanis Morissette. He is married to Michelle Pfeiffer. No. Yes. Yes. For reals. So congratulations, David E. Kelly. Okay, so here is where we would. <laughs> was he a lawyer? Or the... Was he a lawyer? Did he work in law before he started all this writing, or he just is a? You know, a, a better podcast would have an answer for that. Uh, he was a lawyer. Yeah, he was he was a lawyer in Boston. <laughs> that's what we call softball, Keith. That's, that's what we call oh. I already knew the answer to that question. It was <laughs> that's really, what you call, quick, quick, read, read on IMDb, read. I thought for sure you. I was teeing you up for some really in-depth exploration of his law background, but okay. <laughs> well, I know nothing about the law whatsoever, and I will be proving that on a weekly basis. I think we have set expectations. So low. Yeah. Well, let's talk one last thing. I just want to, one last thing about the podcast. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We do have a goal, and our goal, uh, we should set them low. Uh, right now, our commitment is to one another, and it feels like a marriage commitment that we've committed to going, getting through every episode of The Practice. Very yes. few shows I've ever wanted to watch every single episode of, and uh, yeah, this is an undertaking. So, we're, we hope that you guys will join us for it, and at the end... 
we got to tease some big kind of spectacular finale which is what are we gonna do uh we are going to we are going to either create a (laughs) we have no idea screenplay or accept one from the audience we'll find the weirdest practice fan fiction and we will stage an entire recording of it oh fair enough yeah that we can do okay bringing some of our actor friends okay great uh so this is where the normal episode would start, and we'd begin with a segment called Filings and Subpoenas, that which would normally begin with any uh, ratings and reviews left on Apple Podcast. Mm. Uh, we, Especially when we're starting out here, we need any rating, we need any review, so that somebody other than my mother will listen to this, she won't listen to this. Uh, but so the, the, the Star Trek podcast I steal this from has a rule. That if you leave a five-star review, you get to go in some sort of special club, uh, which we will definitely have to invent an, an imaginary special club. That yes. We'll have to invent that for this. Uh, but their rules are you have to leave a five-star. We do not have such standards. Mm-mm. You can leave us any review of any amount of stars, and we will read what you write on the air even if it is horrible. Actually, probably mostly because it's horrible, because that'll be hilarious. Um, will it? I think so. I mean, it'll be. I mean, I don't know how the whole the algorithms work. Like, is that really bad if we get low ratings? Probably. What if we deserve them? And if we, I guess you know what, it's all about justice. If we, if we're shitty, we're <laughs> shitty. <laughs> yeah, this show is all about justice. That's really what we're. we're <laughs> I'd say some some would say we are social warriors. The out of pra- out of practice podcast, the search for justice. <laughs> Great. <clears throat> so uh, we, we should we mention also, it took us like oh, three weeks to figure out how to work our computers for this. Oh my god! Yeah, no, it's it, it's probably going to crash while we're talking here. So that'll be fun. If you just hear like a, a dial-up modem sound, <laughs> it's not like an it's not an authentic sound we brought from the nineties. Mom, you know, to I'm using the <laughs> line. <laughs> That's right. I'm getting Get on off the, the phone. <laughs> it's my it's my daily search for blurry porn, mom. <laughs> One time, Keith, I I, got, I downloaded this strip this strip poker game. It took me like six hours for a boob. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I. I <laughs> oh, the nineties. We'll definitely get into yeah. a, a lot of fun it's like nineties stuff. Just smear your eyes with Vaseline because we're going into the age of four eighty p. Not even. I think it was still three twenty by two forty. Oh, geez, yeah, three twenty by two forty, which was the uh, the amount of pixels on your TV screen, which in nineteen ninety seven was not a lot. We had a rear projection, man. That was like it was like a seventy inch screen, but it weighed seven tons. Oh my god, you were you were so fancy. You had rear projection. And I just had an Italian father. I think it fell off a truck. <laughs> I believe that. Uh, all right. So the other thing we would do right here, uh, if anyone listened, would be to read the mail. So if people wanted to reach out to us, how would they do that? You can send all questions, concerns, PayPal's to out of practice podcast at gmail.com. I have not checked it yet, but I think I got a, I think it's, uh, that's it. Out of practice podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Dot com. And uh, if if you are feeling so generous and would like to uh, throw us a, a dollar or two on the PayPal, you can use that account as well. Um, all right. You so, can also do it through Anchor. I think we have a, you know what? Do you, we? You got this podcast somewhere. I think it's listed on the thing. There, Yeah, there's a, a click, like a, a button you can do from anchor.com slash RURL, but I don't know that. It's, oh, oh my goodness. We just recorded the ad. It's not anchor.com. It's anchor.fm slash start. 
yeah, that that's much more it. That's definitely yes. it. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna pay us our ten of dollars if we put the. Uh, you do know <laughs> that we need ten thousand plays of that ad, but to get those ten dollars, Keith, you know that. <laughs> Great. Well, I think it's one thousand plays. Regardless, we're not, get, we're not getting the ten thousand. We're not getting the ten. No, bucks. we're not. We are never <laughs> ever gonna hit that. So enjoy your free ad, Anchor.fm. Okay, so starting the episode proper. The pilot of the practice. Uh, write down the how, how long we've we been talking. Uh, quite a while, but I'll, I'll find it later. All right, but yeah, like twenty-five minutes of nonsense before we actually start the episode. Yeah, you didn't even talk about the basement. What I'm gonna do? I have to give the date and then do the basement. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> it's the pilot, people. We're gonna fi- we're gonna clean it up. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> if you think this is gonna get better, you are so wrong. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's the truest thing that's been said. Like th- this is us trying. Just think, like you know, ten episodes in, like we're done. In my defense, I am not really trying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So the pilot episode of the practice aired on March Tuesday, March fourth, nineteen ninety seven. So uh, we're going to begin each segment. Uh, or each uh, episode with a little thing called Wow! I hadn't heard that. I want to hear it again. (laughs) Where we're going to talk about what was going on in our lives on that day in 1997. So, March 4th, 1997. What was going on in your basement? (laughs) The basement, because that's where I always watch the show. Oh, yeah, that's it, it, where my brother and sister and I, that was our sanctuary. We spent all of our time there. In fact, want to hear something weird? We can dive into this. My Please. basement didn't have a door. My dad was afraid of what we would do down there, so my basement had a gate. Ooh, a gate. So, like, like the gate on the top of the stairs going down into the basement? Yeah. It was like, you would think it was sort of like a scary dungeon, but no, it was awesome. Uh, that's where we had our Nintendo. That's where we tried to get on the internet. We had a TV down there. It was only hooked up to a VCR, so we couldn't watch television down there. Oh, and no kidding. We did spend a lot of time. I practiced with my band in 97. I was in a ska band. Remember ska? Oh, no. Yes, I was. We wore pajamas and like with suit jackets and we played. We were called Space... Wait, d- does this re- do, are, do recordings of this? Exist? Oh yeah, we recorded an album and we like, toured around. It was actually like, it became a thing. We never talked about that. No. Oh my god, it was a huge portion of my life. Anyway, so I was oh, well. Stay tuned to the end of the episode where we're going to leave one of the tracks from this ska band. Oh my god, I do have some. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, I'll do that. In fact, anyway. Uh, so, but on this particular time, I want to mention, uh, I'll never forget it, I was a sophomore in high school, but yeah. I was in a freshman biology course with a teacher, Mr. Do the math on that one, kids. Yeah, I'm not going to go ahead and, <laughs> and say, <laughs> say his name, because he was sort of a prick, but mm. anyway, I changed uh, seats in that class, because it turns out I couldn't see what was happening, and this day in the basement, Mike and Deglio realized, he need glasses. Oh no! Yeah, so this is well, where I, that started. No, actually, one of my one of my friends uh, just got glasses now, and we're like almost forty. And I'm like, what the hell? I've had glasses since basically since then, since about 1998. That's yeah. So this this when I got new glasses, I had to move uh, closer to the to the you know that we used to have like an actual chalkboard with erasers in school. Oh, I remember those. Sure. Yeah. 
Anyway, they sat me next to this girl who would go on to become, and we'll learn this in the future episode, my first girlfriend. Uh, oh! Oh, yeah. shit. So I was sitting next to Erin Doyle. Shout out. Uh, we. <laughs> uh, what, if did, she's, what if Erin Doyle <laughs> is listening to this right this very minute? She works at, in forensics, so I guess it's not... We should bring her on the pod. <laughs> no, we said no guests. No guests. Because you because we had a lot of guests on our previous uh, uh, podcast, and you, you know what it you know what it means a lot more work. So much work, so much work, and you know it also made the episode so much better. But we so don't care. Yeah, yeah, the bar is real low, people, and I hope that you're. I want you to be part of the journey because I guarantee you will be the best part of the show. So other than that, we're okay with it being a shit show. Yeah, fair enough. So, uh, in my basement, actually, you know, I think describing the basement is a good way to start. So, we did have a door leading down, <laughs> but our but our basement was on the uh, on the ground floor, and we sort of uh, used solar heating for the house. So, the whole south How side of the house. How progressive of you! I know, right? The whole south side of the house was all windows. So you're basically like in a fishbowl in the basement. So we could not get up to no good down there. Uh, but it was it was not a finished basement. In fact, what, my entire childhood was like lying on the on a shag carpet on a cement floor that's exposed, <laughs> watching the television down here. And Wait, the floor up, the floor is exposed, or you're exposed at the time? The f- oh no, the floor was exposed like cold cement. And I lived way up in Vermont. So it was like cold and we had like cement walls and we had our, our shitty TV, which I will, here's the, here's the best part. There was no, we didn't have cable. Cable was not possible to get because we were so far in the woods. Um, it's still, my parents still can't get cable up there. So we would watch uh, a CBS, CBC Canada yeah, and a fuzzy ABC. So I watched the practice on the fuzzy ABC down in the basement um, most Tuesday and Sunday nights. Uh, so anyway, what's going on in my life? You know what? I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna save my down in the basement story for next week because I feel like we've talked way too much already. You're right, but let's just pretend you're down in the basement with either Keith or myself. I pick probably my basement because Keith apparently was naked on a cold floor. Uh, <laughs> but, but if you were watching TV with us and we were just flipping through before the, the practice uh, aired, you might have seen these commercials actually filmed on March 4th, 1997 on ABC, the evening the first episode of the pilot aired. Wow. After nine years, Roseanne has her first grandchild. ABC Tonight. You'll see the miracle that changes her forever. That is so It's almost Roseanne dropping 200 pounds and slipping into it myself. And Ellen pulling no punches on her new night in time. Well, maybe a couple. I feel a fool! Followed by home improvement. Then... It's been a while since I dated anyone. Seriously. She's the girl Mike's waited for all his life. Until he finds out who she really is. I don't think I can see her anymore. Too expensive. And all new Spin City ABC Tonight. Wow. ABC Tonight. Every every one of those actors' life took a radical change. Took a turn, yeah. yeah. Jeez. Some some of them tragic, some of them lateral, and some of them Way up. well. <laughs> we yeah. all know what we we know what we did, Roseanne. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow, interesting. All right, so uh what was happening? In the world on March 4th, 1997. Well, I'll tell you what. The uh, top song in March 7th, 1997 was... 
Wanna be by the Spice Girls. Yeah, I'm just gonna fade that out. Yeah, oh, wow. I, you didn't oh. even get to the hook part. Uh, but we all know the hook. Sing it for us. <laughs> great you, you know you, what's great about podcasting it's like improv like it's all about just saying yes to things <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny you know keith the weather yeah wait what on march 4th what? or no yeah march 4th 1997 here in astoria because that's where we live astoria queens it was 37 wait. degrees the high was a balmy 38 the low a freezing 32 Wait, why are we talking about the weather in 1997? But the overcast really blocked the sun the majority of the day, so people were feeling gloomy. See, we, we, we didn't talk about this. Uh, how, <clears throat> how, uh, why, why, of what relevance is the weather in 1997? That's not like nostalgic, like, oh, like the top movie was Private Parts. I remember Private Parts. Like, oh, I remember it was 37 in Queens. Guess How was what? That interesting. Well, you ask your mom what happened the day you were born. She's not going to say, you know what movie was really popular? She's going to be like, you know, it was a cold and dark day on the basement floor, cold and nude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. I just, wow. I just put in a picture of your mom giving birth cold and nude on your basement floor and it, it's making me laugh, I have to say. <laughs> no disrespect to your mom, although I guess it's quite a bit of disrespect to your mom. I mean, are you allowed to quit a podcast uh, no! before you finish uh, recording no, the podcast? we've got pilot? 187 episodes or whatnot. Oh, Lord. Okay, so, finally. But Keith, Let's talk about... If, oh, I, if, if I had had a, a subscription to the Burlington Free Press... Oh, oh, my local paper. Yeah, yes. well, do you know what the headlines would have been? Do you have a subscription I, to newspaper.com? I, I totally would. Yeah, the headline in the Burnley Free Press would be Storm Dumps Up to 18 Inches with Pictures of People Sledding. Because in Vermont, when you get 18 inches of snow, you just go about your life and go sledding. Nobody cares. Do you know what else dumps 18 inches? I'm just going to leave that hanging for you. <laughs> That's what he said. Oh, no. no. <laughs> okay. Moving forward. <laughs> oh, man. Somebody laughed. I laughed. I cracked myself up. <laughs> You're the only listener. That's true. Oh, God. All right. Can we please talk about the damn episode? Yeah, let's do it. Let's watch it, for that matter. Okay. All right. Well, first off, the pilot of the practice was written by David E. Kelly and directed by Mick Jackson. Uh, Mick Jackson... Very famous for directing Volcano, The Bodyguard, an mm. L.A. story. So he primarily uh, directed a lot of films, but came in to do this uh, this episode of The Practice, which, interestingly enough, because David E. Kelly at this point was already a wildly successful showrunner, so they had to feel like the show had a good chance, which is why they, I think, you know, hired a, a film director to do it. However, it was a mid-season replacement which is why the first season is only uh, six episodes, seven episodes long. Mm. Um, so it's interesting, which is that it, it was a mid-season replacement. So anyway, so uh, that's who directed it. Well, uh, let's dive in. Let's find out what happens. Well, you know, before we do, just before we do that, Keith. Oh, God. Oh, since, it's, God. since it's a pilot episode, I'd like to just yeah. raise, like, what are our expectations here? Obviously, pilots are, mm. in this case, you know, Sometimes pilots are are pitches to try to get the series bought, but in this case, that's not really the case here. That he knows they've got a, at least a full season of the show, right? 
Well, I don't, I don't know that for sure. Um, and, and I'll tell you why. Uh, because there's no theme song in the pilot. The theme song doesn't kick in in the credits uh, until episode two, which is usually a sign that they weren't sure that they were going to be going to pick up the show. Because uh, why would they go through the, you know, the, the bother of doing credits if you weren't going to get picked up? But considering it was David E. Kelly, uh, I feel like they probably had a sense of it. So David, uh, if you're if you're listening, send us an email to uh, to where? Out of practice podcast at gmail.com. All right, so let us know. Were you picked up before? I'm sure, like, again, a better podcast, you're going to hear that a lot. A better <laughs> podcast would go and uh, research, you know, pull up an old issue of Variety and find out what the season pickup was. But we're not that podcast. Well, my expectations are low because they have to establish a lot of character and they've got to kind of give us a whole feel for the show in one episode generally. But um, uh, I'm excited. Let's find out how they do. Episode one of the podcast, titled Pilot, starting now. Again, no credits. It's been a really good podcast so far. Yeah. Feels like it should be over. Yeah. I like the okay. font. Nap is sitting second session. He gave me the last continuance. <laughs> That's kind of cutting deep in. Uh, deep in. <laughs> commentary. Got to get in BMC first. Mm-hmm. Free Willy again. Uh, I told Eugene I'd cover. Right. Well, it seems we're still going on Reynolds. You go over her text morning? Yeah, grandmother's. Now you can see there from some of those external shots and this this beginning here. I'm not sure, but because this looks so different than the rest of the show, I think they actually probably went to Boston and did some of those external shots on site uh and then of course it will immediately go back to los angeles but we'll get to that in episode two a lot yeah you can say a lot of extras a lot of extras tons of extras and uh, take one more whack with alexander see if i can't ship it security in public buildings has not at all improved since then no massachusetts versus coleman oh the first whoosh whoosh white cuts we're gonna get a lot of those yeah we should start counting them per episode we should. I'm not going to no, do that. We, sh- yeah. we should. That sounds terrible. Yes. Notwithstanding the mitigating God, he's dreamy. So dreamy. Dylan McDermott, dreamy. Was big suits a thing? If big suits was a thing. It was the 90s. That's what we did. Don't you remember? Our first judge. I don't know who that judge is. That's not so, interesting. Uh, I don't know if you could hear that, but uh, this man was just sentenced uh, to, what was it, three life terms? Oh, Right, yeah. No, he. Wait, wait. Back it up. We should. We should hear. No, no. I don't think it's yet. Oh, okay, I just saw someone celebrate. <laughs> One person in the audience oh. celebrated. To accept the state's recommendation, judge. I think I hereby were... sentence the defendant Roland Coleman to three life terms at Cedar Junction. With yeah, no three life terms. Oh my God. The is to be what did he do? <laughs> and did McDermott rolled his eyes like he. Uh, oh, what an like, inconvenience! Uh, again, yeah. three. I was hoping for two. Uh, I thought we yeah. plead, plead down to a single <laughs> single life. And also, like we're certified he to just, Everyone just sort of walks in there, all like casual. People are walking around. People are talking. You just got sentenced to three life sentences. Like it feels like this would be a bigger moment in the world. No. Uh, And everyone's like, "Yeah, whatever." We just, you know, this guy just like what, like Dex. What would you have to do to get a three life sentences? I don't know, but if I did that, I probably would have upset more than one lady in the audience who put her hands together and cheered like she won a $20 scratch-off. Check her ID first before <laughs> even saying hello. Sue! 
And then he just left them. I mean, they were having a casual chat as if this was traffic court. The man is clearly a multi a mass murderer. <laughs> Susan, exactly. Go away. Just hear me out. I've got small nothing else to say. I am Who's this? Ah, this is the first the guest ten. star, Kate Burton, who is a a very well known and well respected actress. A lot done a lot on the stage here in New York. She also plays uh, Meredith Grey's mother on Grey's Anatomy. Oh hey, yeah. So she is a a very experienced good actress who. You know, and we're going to see the lot in this show is that you're, and you have this to look forward to is that every guest actor in this show is has already either been famous or is about to become famous because the casting department on the show is phenomenal. And at some point, we'll have to like do a special on the casting department, but we'll we'll get there later. Oh, save it! My bosses think we must be sleeping together as it is. So they're sleeping together. I think well. This is going to be a theory that I'm going to have. Um, Ten months. I'm going to get the. I think oh, yeah, Bobby yeah, yeah, yeah. sleeps well, fine, with literally what, everybody on this entire show, and I am not slut shaming. He is a single man; he can do as he pleases. Spoiler alert: His name's Bobby. <laughs> Wave reading. Plead not guilty. Mr. Szymanski said he won't oppose OR. See, look at all those extras. This is your third time, Mr. Holt. Tons. It was an accident. You exposed your penis by accident. Story of Keith's life. You know, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, but here's the thing about uh, like a indecent exposure. Testing pursuant to section 214. If you get busted for that, what else are you going to say? Yeah, I can already tell you what's not holding up. Uh, you can't see it, but so he just uh, got convicted of exposing his penis and yeah. his lawyer, Cameron Mannheim, what's her name? Her uh, her character's name? Oh, yeah. it's Eleanor Frutt. Eleanor, okay. She rolls her eyes her at him like, Grandpa... Grandpa, yeah. Keep it zipped up, Mr. Holston. Nobody's Hilarious. finding us cute. Hey, Rachel, Mrs. Reynolds. Just give me two seconds. I'll be right with you. How's it back, Mr. Ray? Worse. I'm going to send out a pillow so you can prop yourself something to keep your knees up, all right? All right. We're following Bobby into rude? his office for the first time. Get Mr. Ray a pillow and a stool, will you? Whoa. Hey, any luck? Bobby's uh, office is hoarded. How'd you do? I mean, that's not like even they. The set dressers went a little heavy handed. That's not just normal. Hey, our guy's really busy. That is a hoarder situation. That is, you're well, right. You know what it is? It's TV messy. Which you know, it, it's again, it's it's television. It's the '90s. You're we're also working on like a square screen as opposed to a wide screen, so you have to jam a lot into the image. Well, it's not just uh, a lot. It's mostly just manila folders and rotting food. What are we? Just so much, so many manila folders. Uh, Brad, where's Eugene? No. Hey! Case dismissed with prejudice. First appearance of Steve Harris. Very happy and very free. Congratulations, man. His suit jacket's big, too. It's the 90s. What you do? You can come in now. I knew you could do it, man. You are Hi, the best. Danny? Oh, Miss Cushank. Step this way. Oh, just one little bite of this girl's behind. I'm a respected client. Well, she's not on the menu today. Did you say he wants to bite her behind? I believe so, yes. One little snap food. So we've got, I guess, our A story characters there walked into the office for the first time. We got grandma right. and young, yes, one attractive one uh, granddaughter of. She's 15. Next thing I know, cops are something all over. <laughs> well, I, yeah, well, that yeah, was the bite behind. Sir. What I meant to say is she's young and impressionable. Case. Now, here, <laughs> we got you at Atlantic Security <laughs> on the day they got taken. Charmant, 
There you go again. Okay, so what you're seeing here is Eugene is showing his client a whole bunch of screen grabs uh, from surveillance footage of him robbing banks. Cambridge savings. But here's here's what what blows my mind about this, just tech-wise again, back to the 90s. He's playing a tape on a VCR, and with his remote, he's clicking through still images one by one as if he was like clicking through people. You can't do that on a VHS tape. So apparently, like, Eugene is from the future. Yeah, or he he got the tape and then he did some editing and he just cut all the best bits together and he's just pausing and playing. No, that well, that makes sense, but, like... He, I, I, why is he using the remote? Because if he edited them together, it's like, yeah. I'm going to give two seconds for each of these shots. Nobody cares. But, uh, <laughs> but I, uh, theory number two, I think Eugene might be from the future. All right, Keith, we're in the writer's room, and I'm, okay. I'm, I'm raising that objection, okay? You're head writer. Okay, um, I'm on it. All right, so we're in a crunch. We're trying to get this thing done. Listen, guys, yeah. I don't want to rock the boat, uh, but Eugene is really, if, if he yeah. had spent the time to actually edit this together, he wouldn't need to be pressing the button yeah. on the remote each time. I feel like yeah. that's going to really raise some concerns for the audience. We should consider... No, 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 no. Don't worry about it. First off, it's TV, right? Everything's magic on TV. He's got the clicker. That's right. how you know he's doing something. If he's not doing the clicking thing, how do you know he's doing something? Oh, so we just so more shots of him just clicking? Yeah, it makes it active. Look, I'm a head writer, so it's really important that all of your scenes are active and that your characters have agency. If he's just witnessing it happening, you're not establishing Eugene as a like a, as a man of action. Oh, okay. Well, we're, then we're gonna need a. Yeah, don't you? We're, we're gonna have to have another. He's meeting, got the clicker from the future. <laughs> I am very disappointed. I don't understand really the need for this character, even to be honest with you. No, he, he doesn't come back. Yeah. Sorry about the mess. I mean, obviously you're establishing something for Eugene, but uh, but yeah, it's like yeah, Eugene has a really interesting arc in this episode. We're gonna get to it. So uh, I'm gonna later. I, we've cut to we've cut to Bobby's office. We're meeting the uh, the the clients for the A story. Uh, right, already in frame right now. What we see is a empty or a, a full pizza box that's well, ro- a, rotting, like rotting pizza. A sneaker on the chair. Uh, in the background, you can see an actual a- a- anatomical dummy. <laughs> they do. Yeah. They've got like a, a flayed dummy with like the <laughs> entrails, like, and then half of his face torn off. Yeah. It's like it's like messy Hannibal Lecter living here. It's, it's awful. It's got laundry. More pizza. That's a More lot. More pizza. Yeah. Oh, it's got uh, some shoes. And like that ridiculous porn star collar and hair. Like, it's I don't know what happened between scene one and scene two, but like, let's make Bobby look like a porn it. star. Look at those big collars. You know what ladies like? Enormous collars. Yes. And a suit that doesn't even come close to fitting. So, Keith, I know I should probably know this and had done yeah. some work, but can you tell me who yeah. this actress is? Because she seems to have the gravitas of someone who is someone. The grandmother? Yes. It is Virginia Capers, who you might know from, oh my God, she was in Howard the Duck. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, wow. Yeah. How about that? That's, which, which, that's the claim to fame? That's as high as we're going on this? Well, no, she 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 was in <laughs> Kingpin. Okay. She did, was in ER. She was on the Poltergeist TV series. She started working back in 1961 on Have Gun, Will Travel. Ten months in jail? Interesting. The alternative is 15 years, Rachel. 
But I'm not guilty. But the cocaine was found in your room. It was my brother's. I know, but you had it at the time of the raid, and your brother jumping bail. The prosecution. No, they, no they it had wasn't to pinch mine. Somebody. Mitchell, listen to me. Wow, she has so many earrings. That's not Cameron Manheim. That's her whole thing. That's her whole Eleanor. thing? Earrings? Well, no, I mean, on top of being a brilliant award-winning actress. Who took a picture of me once, mind you? Oh, my God. Name that is drop a... number two. Wow, in one episode, we got Cameron Manheim took a picture of you as a of favor. Me. As, as like, the sweetest person. I'll, 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 all right, well, we I'll gotta know. But... The world has to know now. So, uh, I was... Uh, with my wife and her family visiting a friend um, during the production of um, uh, Spring Awakening, the Deaf West production that went to Broadway. So we were uh, backstage visiting our friend and we we're trying to take a picture and this voice comes up from behind because Cameron was in the show and this voice is like, oh, here, let me get it for you. And I tur- turn around like to hand my phone to a stranger and it's freaking Cameron Manheim. It's like, here, I got it. She just took the picture. Like, volunteered to be helpful and sweet just completely out of nowhere i'm like that's my phone wow Uh, okay so we're gonna start a new segment called mike retells keith's story (laughs) so you couldn't you were trying to take a selfie and she just took the picture for you yes we were were that's it that's the end of the story thank you that means a mandatory sentence you know Years, I thought it was interesting, the circumstances. What was she the, what, You were in the whole show. She was in the show. She took the picture of you because she was like, oh, I probably need to get to that place and those people are standing in the way. I might as well take the goddamn picture for them. <laughs> That's <laughs> not untrue. She's going to fall into the pit trying to get around us. I don't think that we can win this case. But I didn't do it. This episode brought to you by the 1997 <laughs> production of <laughs> Deaf West's pre-Broadway run of... Anything. No, no, no. This was, this was like four years ago. Yeah, it was Jerome. awesome production, I too. I was afraid for Jerome, was but great. that stuff wasn't mine. All right, we've already stepped right over this. So the A story here is this, this yeah. girl, uh, I guess, was her brother was getting raided for drug possession, and she... That's right. She had and some of his yeah. cocaine. She hid it for him. She... His... Her, her brother gave her the cocaine to hide before and then when the raid happened she tried to hide it to protect her brother so the da is offering her four months instead or 10 months instead of 15 years instead of 15 years seems like yes. a very long time i'm not pleading guilty yeah no, yeah you, you are me to say i did something i didn't do it isn't like that. it is like that you're saying that i should tell that judge i'm guilty when i'm not that's a lie now maybe that's what you lawyer yeah, but like, don't you don't we fudge the truth to like get out of trouble? Isn't that what being a human an American is? Well, here's the, I, I think an interesting thing about this episode that doesn't get addressed is that like the the morality of the lying and telling the truth aside, which is like fine. That's that's a perfectly good place to plant your flag. But in our in our criminal justice system and in our world, she's accepting a conviction a cr- she will have a criminal record for the rest of her life which is going to follow her for the rest of her life in much more significant consequences than just lying because you know in some states you can't vote with a felony record this, which this would be and you know it's harder to get a job you have to disclose that and this other thing so like it really could fuck up her entire life okay. i don't think the lying is the problem i think yeah. it's i think it's taking on the criminal record well 15 years in the pen is well yeah from, from, <laughs> that from is a, a pragmatist that is... side I, I i see the point there but like 
I would not just blow off this four months or six okay, months or well ten then, months. Well, okay, well, then I would argue this then, because in this shot where we're stopped right now, we have we found yeah. Bobby's other shoe. We've got a baseball oh, good, glove good. and some. Where Chinese, is it? Oh, it's on the table. Yeah. Oh, good. That's and some that's Chinese food. And I would say that I, if you want to go down the road of righteousness, which I I applaud. And I'm being serious here. I'm being serious. Uh, I'd like to applaud. And you're going to stand up against that 15 years in prison because you, and you did have the drugs. I mean, it's not a ticky tack sort of, it's a fine uh, eye we have to thread with this, uh, of this needle. I would probably (laughs) recommend you get a lawyer who's at least wearing shoes. Ah, yes. Yes. Or, and. I, I can hear my wife saying, shoes are for the floor. Shoes are not for the table. She shoes are not wrong. even for the house in our house. They're sure as hell not for having a consultation with a client in your office. In your like life-changing it's moment English. right here in this hoarded, pizza-filled office. Unless his, his reputation everywhere. precedes him. I don't know what his l- legal superpowers are. So. Oh, we're going to find you that out. You never asked me to lie before. Reaction shots, reaction shots. That's the first synth pad I've heard. Oh, get ready. Oh, his eyes are dreamy. I'm going to live score one of our episodes once. You're going to do what? I'm going to live score one of our oh, episodes. Oh, yes, you are. Yes, because, you are. like, I have that synth pad. Yeah, I have to go back. I can do this. Here. I told them everything. The reason they're deposing you again is they want to send a message you're in for the long haul. We discussed this. They want you to quit. I know it's frustrating, but this is a tobacco company. Wow, look at all that nasty, bad food in there. They're offering their clients a full jar of honey, some chocolate. candy. I'm going to work in this office. I should be my own lawyer. That's what I should do. I can get myself off. Yes, this we know. Ooh, nice sex pun. Ba-dum-bum-tch. Step up to the bench. You know, a sex pun is all well and good. We're going to do plenty of them. I've already, I think I've already dropped one. 18 well, inches worth. Well, you're going to do a bunch yeah. of them. But I don't I'm, think this is not a royal we situation. Here. I am not a registered and convicted sex offender. Oh, you're not? Anymore. It depends right. on what state we're talking about. I shouldn't even, that I shouldn't even joke. That's not even a good joke. I apologize. <laughs> None of that was funny. No, you my, know, a better, my, my, a better podcast would cut that. But no, I'm not going to edit. Um, my, my point is valid though. I mean, the joke takes on a bad connotation now. It's like, oh, oh my God. Well, I, I, and I think, yeah, in, in all seriousness, like we're going to, there's going to be more of this, but like the nineties treatment of like sex offense it's like yeah oh it's funny what a great hilarious b story hey oh my god oh (laughs) we're all reacting to a thing you can't see yeah it's a judge what's her bucket we are oh wait hold on that's what i want to know that ju- <laughs> that judge is the world famous Linda Hunt, Oscar winning Linda Hunt, who is always welcome in anything. That uh, hair is so awesome. Shaped. It well, no, like that's her iconic hair. She she's worn that for much of her career. She looks like the lady a little bit uh, in The Incredibles. That like character uh, short person. She. She is, and I, for a lot of time, thought it was her, but it's not her. Oh. Uh, and, and I thought it was actually based on her, too, but I think it's based on Anna Wintour, but uh-huh. I could be wrong. 
Tell me who anyway. else she's what else has she been in? So Linda Hunt, you'd know her from Dune. She won uh, her Oscar in 1982 for the Year of Living Dangerously, um, playing a male character. Interestingly, she was in She Devil, Kindergarten Cop. Uh, she did. Uh, she she does a voice on uh, the Han Solo Star Wars movie. Uh. Uh, and she also has done a bazillion episodes of NCIS Los Angeles. So she owns a country. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, no, she's she's a fantastic actress, and we're going to see a fair amount of her on this show. Yeah, speaking uh, of f- seeing a fair welcome. amount of her, why are we so close? I've noticed this a couple times already. I mean, the close-ups are intense in this sh- in this episode. Yeah, well, I I think that's that is a uh, interesting directing choice by our good friend uh, Mick Jackson here. Which I it, it, again, another thing about being in a pilot is you're going to make a lot of stylistic choices, some of which you're going to keep, and some of which you're not. Um, so this show is going to look different than most of the uh, the rest of the series because they were just sort of experimenting. But apparently, Mick Jackson loves a nostril. So close. So close. And he makes making me notice everyone's dental work or lack thereof. Anyway, we're about to plead, try to plead out of that, uh, get that 10 months down further. Plea of 10 months? I recommended that you take it, Judge. In fact, I wanted on the record that I advised her to take it. Ms. Reynolds, you are aware that... If you are convicted of these charges, you will face a mandatory 15-year sentence? Yes, Your Honor. The prosecution has offered you a plea bargain to a reduced charge of Look 10 Look at that computer months, monitor. You reject that oh, offer? Oh, my God. I remember yes. those. Your attorney has advised CRT. you to accept this offer? Yes, but I won't. I see. All right, so... Uh, I mean, I'm guessing this is pretty much must be sort of a theme of the whole series, right? I'm the whole arc of the series is. As counsel, Mr. It, what is innocence, because right? You can't convince your. Well, I mean, it's it, obvious. How yes, I mean, what is innocence? There's a lot of. I mean, I, I, I guess as I put it before, it's about the search for justice. I mean, is there technical innocence or is there justice innocence? You're going forward on her say so that she's innocent. I'm going forward because I believe her. That's actually what you do in all cases yeah right Isn't when that someone of... says they're innocent your job is to go forward and defend me. them step back yeah but they do juxtapose that with that first quick scene that we don't hear much from again of the guy who got sent away for three three years right <laughs> three consecutive, three consecutive life sentences. so he was clearly the guilty of the guilty this girl yeah. is the innocent of the innocent and how right. he's trying to bridge that gap right all right fair enough one hour recess, then the court officer will bring in the jury. Linda Hunt, mind you, a uh, a very svelte four nine. My mom's four ten. She's got an inch on her. Oh, your mom is so short. You know who else has an inch on her? <laughs> I love that you refuse to engage. <laughs> not, no, there's my response. Also, I totally just got a text from my wife. I, I wonder if you heard that. I did not. Did your bookie die? Well, we you need, didn't. We need a whoop. Oh, I bet we did. I mean, so, you know, <laughs> this is the type of thing we're not going to edit out, folks. So Coleman when I get a text from my wife, you're going to hear parole. about it. The DA won't budge. On we had a fight this morning. Dan Moriarty skipped bail, which I put up personally. I could use because. Not, not your wife and me, but my wife and myself. 
Oh no, that wasn't bad. We should. It was definitely just me. Talk about your personal the life on the. Uh, you ever podcast? decide you just like want to have a fight? It's two thirty. Another day. Subconsciously, all the Is time. There a chance we'll squeeze anything on Emerson Ray's case. Well, his depot's in half. His desk is a joke. Like, whatever set designer or set dresser did that messy desk was, like, really trying to impress somebody. Are you okay, Bobby? Seriously, I had too much of a budget. Like, just buy all the manila folders in history. Don't even make them look used. Just stack them as high as you can. Just run to Staples. Let's go. Have you got anything to trip him up with? No. Oh, she said she talks. You don't. We haven't seen much from her well, just well, yet. Try to okay, yeah, that's this is yeah. Is that the first line from uh, Rebecca? Rebecca Washington, played by Lisa Gay Hamilton, who's a fantastic actress, and uh, we're going to see a lot more from her throughout these series. Is she well, a legal aid or is she a full-on attorney with them? Soft questions, but I believe at this point she is a legal aid or the, the office manager. That I'm doing well, then somewhere during this illusion that I'm making headway, I've got to make headway. That's see, that's the. That's the part I haven't, I haven't figured. So Bobby is bloviating about what lawyers do. Yeah. Good, good. Oh, good. Their strategy good. meeting, yeah. So we're going to have to go ahead and like ask some questions. Yeah, because we got to explain to the audience, because like, the audience of the show that have chosen I, to watch a legal drama don't know like, what a lawyer does. So we got to tell them. You'll find one. What, they think that we tie our ties, but in reality, we just you have them untied all of the time. All the time. You think it's tough defending the guilty, Lindsay? Try the innocent. It's terrifying. Oh! oh! Bumper sticker! Get it up. Get those t-shirts. You think it's... Oh. It's terrifying. So that yeah, was... Yeah, that... Yeah. Yeah, okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> I'm going to give you some notes uh, from the network. Like, we got to have one line that just says the whole series. It, if, the, if you can't work in the title of the show into it, but at least just like... Do the whole like theory of the show in one line that makes no sense because he's talking to other lawyers who do this for a living all the time. All right, that goes against my artistic integrity, but I'll take the note on one condition. Yeah. Can I zoom in as close as humanly possible as he eats what appear to be Tic Tacs? I think it's scope, but yes. Oh, okay. Same t- while he does mouthwash, so I can show that he's busy. Yeah, oh, so busy. Okay. Lots of business. Spit. Why does she need to tell him to spit? So, does he have absolutely zero hygiene? Like, none whatsoever. Are, are we on a, <laughs> He's never brushed his teeth in his life. He's smoking a cigarette inside. Oh, yeah. Well, this is interesting. Uh, like, full on your lead time. character, Nothing your hero of your show, you smoking relax. on television relax. inside. And real nervous about what he does every day. What he does for a living. Now, I... It's a bad edit right there. He combed his hair in between shots. Yeah, he sure did. I don't usually smoke. And now he just... So get this! So inside this beautiful marble courtroom, when he gets caught with the cigarette, he just throws it to the floor and stomps it out into the marble. Like, guys, (laughs) what are you doing? I know the 90s were different, but... You know, what interesting, the they, they cut to a take of Cameron Mannheim, uh, um, what's her character name again? Eleanor. I have not Eleanor watched it. Uh, so Eleanor, they, they use a whole take to watch her sort of disapprovingly watch him 
put that cigarette out. It's like all this really specific subtext for in Are you better when you're a pilot, nervous? you know? Well, but I, I, I think the smoking thing is part of the pilot. When she was three. And, and I, in a lot of pilots, you want to, like, appear edgy and I you want to be like, ooh, wow, wow, we're like the tough show. Rachel. So you have your character do something like baby. that that they would never do again for the whole rest of the series. It it, it, it's sort of like I was talking about with the camera angles and the, and the look. They're trying now to figure out who these characters are. And they always want to go, like, tougher and edgier. And then they actually end up being so weird. Oh, so close! So close! All right, so we are now at uh, the office of the tobacco company's tobacco company in the show we just saw the lead character smoking. The tobacco company who are the bad guys. Their office, uh, they're going to go and meet with them. And it's so wildly different. I mean, that is like a 17th century antique china pot. <laughs> this is a fancy law firm. I know. It's like we're gonna. It's all. It's real heavy-handed. But okay, so we're it's, we're clearly they have like this incredible huge tea set. They have this like flower arrangement the size of a small car. Meanwhile, like that sofa is look. It's it, it looks like it was a really expensive sofa oh, once, but the springs all died in the middle. Salutations. Okay, Eugene right, so is taunting. Eugene is in the prison visiting his client. He is taunting the prisoners. Eugene Young, I'm Why is he done. doing that? We filed this brief on your behalf with the SJC. All arguments are next week. Give it a read. Really bold, non-verbal acting. He's such a non-intimidating extra. murderer. No, he's not that scary. Maybe it was just like tax evasion or something. It, it just could be, really yeah. bad. A lot of taxes. Three consecutive. Really, it's like Trump level tax evasion. Quiet down! Quiet down! Just out of curiosity, anybody here who didn't do it? It's it's crazy. Now, uh, yeah, there's so many things. Yeah, no, no, I just like this is offensive somehow in some way. I'm not entirely sure what's off- like. Why is he taunting the people locked up? Aren't those his clients? I don't know. Like, I, I, I I'm trying to find some deeper meaning in what they're trying to show us about him. But I think they just want him to be like, oh, he's so cool and. Yeah, I, 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 it could again be like a '90s sensibility thing. Like, oh, cool, what a badass! He's like, he's so charming, but like, no, he's kind of just being a dick. I also think I've been on enough sets where usually they just do so many takes it makes you want to throw up. But in this, it feels like they were rushing because listen to how he pronounces curiosity. Anybody here who didn't do it? Oh, hold on, I missed. Of course, I missed it. Oh, uh, here we go. Sorry. You did some really good work. Just out of curiosity. <laughs> I'm pretty confident he said curiosity. Anyway, Anybody curiosity. Didn't do it. Guess what? Like, this scene is terrible. Anyway, keep. It's almost showing like a disdain for defending, right? Isn't he a defense well, lawyer? I, well, yeah. Well, it's disdain for the people he's defending. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, now we're back in fancy office. Ready, back in fancy Will office. Follow me, please. The cigarette fancy office. 
Lots oh, of columns. Is this is big tobacco we're fighting? Is art? Yeah, big tobacco. Yeah, the the uh, tobacco. Why, oh, so firm. they're showing they opulence. Art. So the difference between poor defender with pizza on his desk and opulence. We're just going to spot of tea. Professor. Spots of tea. I suppose art. I should be flattered that Plants. you've finally taken an interest in tort law. Sweater vest. I would never have expected it, given your fetish for the Constitution. Weird. Could we have some water, please? You were Wait, so we haven't Finley? met? Hold on. Uh, oh, she's... I know that lawyer from somewhere. So, uh, the guy she's talking to is Edward Herman, who is the lead lawyer for the bad guys and her former professor, who uh, you might know from Annie. He played uh, uh, FDR oh, in yeah. Annie and did a whole bunch of other... Uh, Whole bunch of other things dating back all the way to. He was a Ghostbuster. He was not a Ghostbuster. He looks no, just like conf- Igor. Egon, no, you're- Egon not or Igor. E- Igor. That Ghostbuster, Igor, you know? They found the ghost that I'd let the ghost go away. <laughs> you're looking just splendid. Thank you. I'm up against you? Oh, she, okay. She's, she's, she's one of our. Oh, you'll enjoy it. What's Mr. Her name? Ray. Yes. Pleasure. I'm Anderson Pearson. I'll be conducting That's the That's Kelly Williams. Hi. It's Lindsay Dole. It's the character. Lindsay. Right. I kept okay. you waiting. Come. We can begin. So she's representing a client who is Someone? going up against yeah. Big Tobacco, Cute. being represented by an old professor of hers. Into the defendant's room, That's right. There she was. And what was she doing, Lieutenant? She was sweeping what appeared to be small packets of a white powder substance into a pillowcase. The defendant. The defendant. Where exactly was the... Oh, so she was also trying to hide the drugs. Yes. Yes. So, like, when the cops came in... So it wasn't just, oh, it's in my room. I didn't know he put it in my room. I didn't know about it. It's... No, she was actively trying to hide hide the drugs. Okay, our our slope just got a little more slippery. Case, Lieutenant, when it came into your possession... It was in a defendant's hands. And was there anybody else in the room with the defendant when you came in? No, there was not. Thank you, Lieutenant Stewart. Okay. So I'm purposely deciding to help my brother out, is what she said. That's all. Yes. I'd let my brother go straight to prison. Well, of course. Lieutenant, when you arrested my client, did she say anything to you? Objection. Overruled. Thank you. Uh, Wait, you see that interaction? I'm telling you, Bobby, they hooked up too. Bobby sleeps with everyone on the show. You can answer the question, Lieutenant. Did my client tell you anything? Uh, she said the drugs belonged to her brother, and when she heard us coming, she tried to hide them to protect him. And you didn't believe her? No. This is the his wicked cross. The warrant was issued okay. against the brother, yep. Jerome Reynolds. Yes. There was no warrant with respect to Rachel Reynolds, was there? No. Had you ever met Rachel Reynolds before, sir? No, I hadn't. Did you know anything about her at all before this raid? No, I did not. So you didn't have any reason going in to think that she was a dishonest person, did you? No, I did not. But even so, when she told you these weren't her drugs, you chose not to believe her. That's correct. I'm sure all the people you arrest have a story to tell, don't they? They certainly do. And most of the time, these people are lying. Would that be this is experience? the sound it of would? two riveted Your Honor, people. I have to object. This trial is about this case. <laughs> Whoa! True or false? What? The lady in the yes. jury is wearing a beret. Oh, look at that. <laughs> that is a full-on beret, and the, the, the guy to the right of uh, 
of uh, what's her name is definitely wearing a toupee. So we have <laughs> yeah. a beret and a toupee. I tried to envision shot. what the set design or the costume designers. Uh, what do we got? We got to. Well, I want to liven up the shot here. Do you have a beret back there? Just make that lady wear it. Forgive me, but yeah, the yeah. just made a judgment about the credibility of my client based in part on his experience. I'm entitled to explore that. Quickly, please. When Rachel Reynolds told you the drugs belong to her brother, when she told you she was hiding them to protect her brother, when she told you these weren't her drugs, you basically dismissed these. Den- I don't know, man. If, if you're in a car with your buddy who stole the car. Right. It's not your stolen car, but it's sort of like you're still responsible. That's, a t- that's not a great analogy, but. No, but well, I, I think what you're getting at is that the crime in this case is possession of drugs, which in a very little def- literal definition, she did possess the drugs. Like, it's not like, I, I think the, the way you go from like, oh, you've got a misdemeanor to 15 years is the, uh, with the intent to distribute, which based on most laws, if you have over a certain amount, you have the automatic intent to distribute included in the charge. So I, clearly on the technical like possession, she had it in her possession. So that's the letter of the law. It's not the spirit of the law, but it is the letter of the law. Well, I guess at some point, I mean, all jokes aside, that is sort of the part of our legal system. That's where the jury is the wild card, right? Regardless right. of those technicalities, the jury well, is always a dice roll. And thus is the difference between the law and justice. Yeah. You know what they also never show? Oh, wait. Mo- that, that should be the tag to our show. Like, you know, try defending an innocent person. This is about the difference between the law and justice. I need more mouthwash. You need to be sipping with mouthwash <laughs> when you do it. Yeah, great. They also never show voir dire during these shows, which I always think is one of the more interesting parts of any trial. Oh, they will. They, they, oh, okay. they will at some point. But I, I, it is certainly super important uh i don't get any points for voir dire congratulations no, I, well, I knew what it was all right well in case you don't know what voir dire is Dex, tell them what is. voir dire is it's, it's jury selection basically when the yeah. lawyers have a chance to ask pointed questions to weed out jury members that's right we'll have to talk about our well, jury experiences because it sounds like we both had kind of interesting ones self, don't we you? did Yes, I did. My, my case was very similar 14. to this one, so we'll, I, I, we'll get that. I, act, I was the foreman. Yes. They're both Were you really? Kids. Yes, they are. You're proud First of and only time in my life okay. I've been referred Suppose to as smug. You walked into your older boy's room one day. Oh, I, I refer to you that way a lot. Just, just behind my back. Your Honor, overruled. <laughs> Suppose there were drugs there, and your son maintained that they weren't his. That a friend of his, through a series of circumstances, had so I guess right now, for those of you not watching, uh, his own house might be which is everybody, <laughs> if there was no evidence, he's to trying to draw. Version, would you have arrested him? Yeah, he's basically a moral saying, line like, saying that the, it, the, the, the cop would believe his son, yeah, but is not believing. Not. He's showing like a bias girl. towards criminal people. He's not. I mean, we should say that the. Our A story, she's a minority uh, woman of color, so I guess they're trying well, to... And, go ahead. Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting that we've gone this far like, without mentioning institutional racism. Yeah. Which, again, like in the 90s, like we weren't... <laughs> it was definitely happening. We just didn't have a name for it. We didn't talk about it as much. But, like, if I'm the lawyer, I would definitely start, you know, bringing that up. It, it's one thing we actually the probably... We, we probably have, have direct hand knowledge of, since we both grew up in 
the suburbs of white communities. It's true. Is that a fair statement? Yes. Okay. Vermont is not a suburb of a white Suppose community. It's just the you knew pastiest Rachel white enclave in the just planet. As not because it wants to be. It just sort of your is. Son. And there was nothing to contradict her story. Would you play? And we came from that background to become freedom fighters, Keith. It's her under arrest. No, we came from that background to feeling so entitled by our <laughs> white maleness to do a podcast Again, searching for justice for minority suspects. By the way, Great. was there any physical, testimonial, circumstantial but evidence we live in to Queens. contradict what Rachel Reynolds we told do. you? No. So One of the most, if, if not the most diverse neighborhood in all of New York. Which, exact which I, I think what you just did there was like, <laughs> the, like the, the, the town equivalent of I have black friends. <laughs> I, have, I have quite a few, it turns out. Oh, God. <laughs> you being the best one of them evidence. all. A white friend? We wouldn't be having a trial right oh, now. You're white? Oh, I don't see color. I'm like Colbert. Maybe not. Oh, you're... Thank you, Lieutenant. Well, goodbye, listener yeah. that we had. <laughs> Well, that was just a lovely set of assumptions, Lieutenant. Do you know Rachel Reynolds to be as honest as your own son? No, I do not. Did you believe her response? Yeah, Bobby really showed us that he can pull it out of his ass there because that was nonsensical, that whole diatribe. To be honest, when she denied any involvement with the cocaine. No, I did not. Based on the circumstances, as well as your 20 years of experience as an officer on the Boston police force, did you form an opinion as to her credibility? I believe she was lying. Thank you. But under the exact same circumstances, you wouldn't believe your son to be lying. You know what? Yeah, but you wouldn't go arrest your own son. There's like conflict of interest there. There Maybe would be I misspoke. If I caught my son with drugs right in his hands, I'd like to think I'd believe him. My own son, of course. But if the drugs were in his hands, I don't know, counsel. Maybe I would think he was lying too. Is your son an honest person? Is there anyone who has a legitimate Boston accent anywhere within a 12 block radius? Yes, no. he is, but if the stuff's in his is there, hands, then maybe it would be wrong for me to Could there be a bigger fan in the corner of the, uh... <laughs> I'd have to let the facts so many fans. Fans everywhere. It's almost like they None shot... Them. They shot this parts of this in L.A., but they, like... Because it's currently the winter in Boston, so I don't know why fans are necessary. Right, but none of the fans Gee, are on, you mind you. Right. Your own son. We should also, keep track of how many fans we, we should. I also have noticed, I, I didn't think it was worth pointing out, but now it's bugging me. The clock on the mm. wall is is plugged yeah. in. It's like a yeah. hanging clock. It's like a clock at the top of the ball, 12 feet in the air, plugged in on an extension cord. That's all. Well, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I don't think that's as crazy as you think because it's an old building. It looks like an old court courthouse. So they probably didn't wire it with electricity up there. And the clock is so high, you're not going to want to go, like, change okay, the batteries there all the time. become stupid, in my opinion, not to jump on this. You're still saying I should plead okay. guilty when I didn't do anything. Shut the down your observation. Boom. That is a summer vacation. Integrity aside, we cannot risk if this. I Listen to me. If I say I did it, if I say what they want me to say when it's not true, I'll never get over it, Mr. Donald. It'll stick with me for more than 15 years. It will. Mm. See, that's Grandma, what I'm saying. I'm sorry. Please don't be mad at me. Oh, I'm not mad at you, baby. I'm not mad at you. I gotta be honest, I, I've yet to understand why we need Grandma at all. Well, somebody adult has to be with her. I'm just scared. But you're right, she doesn't actually do anything to the plot. Uh, knowing exchange, knowing exchange between two lawyers, the uh, defense and the DA, who have definitely stories? hooked up. 
The day she died of a heart attack. Look how shiny that table uh, is. Reflection, right? We're back with the fancy tobacco lawyers. Years. Were you with her the day she began to smoke? No. Were you? Is this going to be a long arc, or are we going to try to wrap up a, the day she began. a fight oh, against Big Tobacco? Arc. Something okay. probably only she could answer. I guess it's too bad she died. Mr. Ray, I understand this is upsetting, sir, and I apologize. So he's I'm suing them because his wife died of cancer? The details are she's dead. You dragged this thing out hoping she'd die. Thinking maybe this case would go away. Can we? You're probably hoping that I'll be dead soon, too. Can we have a minute? Uh, no more minutes. I won't die. Ha! I'll live forever, if for no other reason than to see this through. Your client's cigarettes He's badass. killed I like my him. wife. And if yeah. I have to stick this out till I'm 80, I'll do it. I will never die. It's good writing. I like that. Yeah. Sequence. The record will reflect the witness refuses to die. <laughs> As is that. Such he, um, a dick. Was Whoa, a that was a big swipe cut. Search his room, so he stuck the stuff in mine. And you took no steps to remove these drugs, did you, Rachel? Well, I asked my brother to take them out. Yes, other than that, you took no steps to rid your room of this cocaine. Um, no. Now, you knew your brother sold this cocaine on the streets, didn't you, Rachel? Yes. And by keeping these mm -hmm. drugs in your room, this helped him to sell the cocaine without getting caught. Isn't that right? Mm, yeah. Yes. And when you were sweeping All right, this so cocaine something happens there that you can't see because it's because because you cannot see the TV we're watching that Bobby gives her a nod before she answers there. And I'm wondering, like, are you allowed as a lawyer to signal to the witness whether they should answer, like, wh like whatever that signal was, like, yes, you can answer, or, like, do it honestly, or, like, this is our secret signal that brings in, like, the lie that we're going to tell. Like, are you allowed to do that? It seems like we might have a Serena Williams issue where you're not allowed to coach from the uh, box. While, while under oath in court, right? Because you always see lawyers, right. like, during press conferences or whatever, lean over and give advice or say don't answer that or whatnot, so... Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it may be a total non-issue, like, a you know, a lawyer listening to this. Helping no lawyer will ever again. listen to this. But they may be like, yeah, we do this police, all the time. But I just wonder. Well, I mean, it's her. She's under yes. penalty of perjury if she lies. So I guess. Truth, is that, in your opinion, honest yeah. or dishonest behavior? Yes, dishonest. And Rachel, when your lawyer, Mr. Donald, was questioning Lieutenant Stewart on the stand, he was asking him to suppose that you were just as honest as his own boy when he came into that room. Do you remember that line of questioning? Yes. In fact, you weren't being honest when Lieutenant Stewart came into your room, were you? No. You were concealing the truth to protect your brother, weren't you? Yes. Now, when you were concealing the truth to protect your brother, might you act as So Eleanor is trying to yourself? tell Bobby to, to cut this happened. down because she I'm feels he's being badgered. This, if you would lie yeah. to protect your so brother, many earrings. Jerome, wouldn't you also so lie to protect yourself? Now, was his witnesses being taunted? Overall, Whoa, don't you put your hands on her. To believe that you would lie to the police to protect your brother Jerome, but you wouldn't ever lie there's another to protect fan. yourself. There's I'm another fan. Here. Ah. So many fans. So Wait, there's a big fan and a small fan in this courtroom. None of them operational. Lie, but this isn't such an Winter occasion. Time. Would that be fair? A lot of silence. In fact, the lack yes. of scoring almost entirely, except for like cuts to commercial Thank and you. stuff. 
Yeah, which I really like. I think we all got it. I, I think especially shows at this time were way overscored. Do you think so a lot of foley work, a lot of footsteps, a lot of uh, incidentals. I'm trying this. Yeah. She was untruthful hiding the drugs, not with her story. You should have been flagging that distinction. I really don't want to be objective. Yeah, I know I all about the jury to think that we're Really interesting panning as well. If you notice, such a, it has a really wide spectrum. Yeah, well, and also a lot of handheld in this. It's like you're shooting through 10,000 extras walking in front of the camera with a handheld. Let's keep this about the case. Your second chair, and you do what I tell you. Whoa, dude. Yeah. You got really touchy about that. Really touchy. Okay, we're going to finish up. We're going to close up this penis guy. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, so penis guy was protest says he did it because he was protesting nafta which uh i i do not have a ross perot impression but uh he gave nafta the shafta oh god that, that was more kennedy well uh, but you have joined um, me kennedy on the, on the, we gave nafta the shaft you have joined the penis labor joke train that we started Mr. Host, <laughs> penis train. in my experience genitalia rarely collides with sunlight because of a u.s trade agreement Great luck. do it again. That's what you said the last time. Last time I was going through a divorce. Yes, because your wife finally had it when in front of your own grandchildren, you exposed yourself to Goofy at Disneyland. Now, this is no longer just like, you know, cute grandpa ex- exposure. Yeah, you, now, if, you know what that is? That's assault. Yeah, that's like... That's me- assault of a child. That's, that's like registered that's... sex offender stuff. Oh, it absolutely is, but... <laughs> Wait for it. I thought it was Pluto. Oh, hilarious. Oh, look at that. Sexual abuse of children is hilarious in the 90s. That is great. That's on that guy's resume. That's on his reel. Somewhere <laughs> that reel is being played right now. And they're going, what? Uh, it's all, his, his, the actor's name is Max Alexander, who uh, worked up until 2015. He was in Trainwreck. And they count on me to give them effective representation. To do that, I need my credibility. So that when I look a judge or a probation officer in the eye and say that it won't happen again, I got to believe that it won't. Is this going to happen again? Uh, so he, I, I, I missed this that when I actually watched it previously. Spoiler. Um, he's equivocating uh, uh, something that's going to come up a little bit later that... As a lawyer, I can't go and say something that I knowingly know is wrong. So I can't say you're not going to do this again if you're going to. That's that's a point actually that right. they're making for the A story. Ooh, way to connect dots. Look at we're me. not there yet though. <laughs> no, no, no. Time travel. Will this happen again? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. I don't know. It's honest. But probably. Okay. Uh, we gotta get you some help. I'm sorry for all the animosity. So they go from really, really, like, treating with kid gloves as making it a joke and allowing some really terrible... some For, some, for all the good writing, there's some terrible writing also in there. Uh, to Well, it's good writing, it's just bad humanness. Yeah. <laughs> but they tie it up actually real really realistically and compassionately yeah Mr. good Ray, moment for eugene you he went from taunting prisoners in your time <laughs> right. practice, you're dealing to being a very reasonable person element 
Just try to be the best lawyer you can and navigate your clientele through a process which is foreign. Back to with them. cigarette lawyer. That your case is a nice unwinnable. piece of bamboo in the corner. No doubt compounds the frustration. Mm. Coke Both bottle glasses. Yours. Well, will they uh, drink tea I, in this scene? I don't scene? think it's unwinnable. I hope so. Let's <laughs> see. You're butting heads with a billion-dollar tobacco company. So he and Lindsay are in the office here, and there's no one else in the I'm office. And now he's sitting so close to her. To friend, okay. Oh, yeah, he is, like, okay. inching towards her. Our defense strategy is not just to prevail on the merits this of the is really creepy. case. But to do also, so he's huge. Yeah, so big. Like, the actor is 6'5". I looked it up. If you follow me. So close. Ed Herman. I don't. I'm sure you do. I mean, thank God it's not an HD, or we would be up in her grill. All the pores. to pay anything. And his debt. The precedent is just too dangerous. Well, then I guess we have nothing to discuss. No, no, not so I'd be so self-conscious about my teeth. I'm quite mindful that spending dollars to defend against nickels and dimes defies economic logic. No, what I would like to do here is book the bet, if you will. I beg your pardon? You give me a release, I won't even file it. I'll put it in my desk drawer. I give you 18000 from Finley, not Michaels. It comes from Finley Hogue. We recoup from Michaels later, billing it under legal fees. Wait, is that even legal? Yes. We're oh, so close again. Get closer, get closer. Your client gets money, otherwise what well, you wouldn't see. And it's my that 4-3 aspect ratio. If this was 16-9, really wouldn't have to be so close. To worry <laughs> That's true. But also, like, the whole dynamic with these two well, is that he's that's all I'm gonna intimidating offer. her. And that's considerably more than yeah. nothing, which is the Trying to push her around. In every one actor. of these close-ups, too, oh, there's there's at least 10%, 15% of the frame that the op- opposing actor's head is in. Like, they won't get a full close-up. They always have that over-the-shoulder look. Every yeah. shot. What are you doing? I'm sorry? Bobby Donald is a good practitioner. Don't misunderstand. Look at their height differences. That over-the-camera angle from you the camera. Like the camera had to be, like, in the ceiling. Yeah. I, I don't mean to speak out of turn. It's just... I should hate to see you waste your gift. I guess I'm guessing her growth is going to be... Gift. from Going from this timid little bunny to a uh, assertive... I'll review your my client and get back to you. ...lawyer. No spoilers. Ooh, I got another text from my wife. Oh, spot of tea. Tea! Oh, yay, tea! <laughs> it's like an old crimpet lady. He's like, hey, There's also a plant in every possible corner of every part of this building. The the follow spot, this, uh, I just called it follow spot podcast again. The out of, oh. This week's episode of the Out of Practice podcast brought to you by silencing your phone. Silencing your phone. The polite thing to do. Well, I can't do that because that's where the sound cues are from. If I <laughs> silence my <laughs> phone, I you wouldn't hear awesome things like this. We already answered who's that judge. Oh, yeah. Months and that I thought there's a new judge. I got real psyched. I also want the jury to know that a conviction means an automatic 15 years. I see. Any particular reason why the rules of evidence shouldn't apply well, to you? sometimes the rules pervert if things, Judge. If plea bargain offers become admissible, DAs won't make them. She was good enough to offer you four months. Do you want to shove that back down? She's the great. She is great. Rachel had the integrity yes, to turn she out is. 10 months and then no, four months, and that a conviction puts her away until she is 30 years old. Don't they you see won't that? Know that? What kind of fairness is this? I just they don't understand it. You're putting the it. system before a person's life here. Damn right I am. That's why I wear the robe. Yeah. Okay, Good point. It just slips out. I'm doing my closing stream of consciousness kind of thing, and it just so, comes out. Let me make this easy for you. Grief. 
so much as a word about that ten or four months. No, you're pointing. I'm the judge. I get to point. My gut tells me that's improvised. No, I the doubt way it. he kind of like cracks a smile and like I don't know. So much as suggest. I guess we should just have the screenplay for these. Even hint at what the we prison really term will be. You not only buy yourself a mistrial, but also a jail cell of your very own. Do you hear me, counsel? See what what I love about Linda Hunt is she's she's four nine. She's a tiny, tiny woman, but she is such a badass and so in control of every scene that she's in. And this is true of like any show that she does. She's a powerhouse. She gives me a lot of RGB vibes. Totally. Seventeen years old. So Bobby's going over his clothes. Yeah. If her brother, she was she was trying to help her brother. Her only crime. <sighs> Excuse me. What are you doing? Oh, just. Uh, He's going over his clothes, you dummy. You just you, watched him for twenty minutes. You do this every day. You. Sh- oh, I, well, again, this is this is another case of like writing. To your dumb audience, like the audience is really stupid. We gotta explain what everything is. Start with the Manila folder. What's that? What's interesting too is that we just established that they both work really late all the time, right? And yet, this is coming across as like the first time they've ever had a conversation alone at the office late. Right. Also, the shot you just froze it on was out of focus. How'd it go with Emerson Ray? Well, that's a lot of times with handheld, they do that. They like force an a fuzzy coming in well this type of thing i i think it was just like oh, some fine. not great op yeah, yeah see right there fine. yeah because th- it's got a pan later which if you're operating a camera focusing as you're panning because you you're changing it? your depth of focus they have to do manually what so it's really difficult well, I, everything was out of focus on my 70 inch rear projection stolen television <laughs> i don't mean for me i just well it's not stolen it's italian <laughs> Insecure that, you know, in like seven or eight years or so, I'll be alone pacing my office at night talking to myself. And oh, I didn't mean that the way it came out. I well, re- it kind of feels like he meant it that way. Really didn't. It sure does. And like, you if in seven or eight that. years you, you were a 36 me. year no, old no, 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 lawyer no, with no, your own I, firm I who looked that, like uh, Dylan McDermott, like, your business, I would love to be that in seven or eight years. Not to mention all the residuals from the episode of Hoarders you were on. Yeah, right? I, um, I'm, I'm in between relationships. With judges and that I'm in my office district attorneys and, is, and everyone. If I don't give the closing of my life tomorrow, a 17-year-old girl loses hers. Stakes are high, is what he's saying. Stakes are high. Stakes are high. Probably forever. Is this the only innocent person you've I ever... I really didn't mean it the way it came out. That's right. Never, never done an innocent client before. So I guess his superpower then is the clothes, right? He's the master of the clothes. That's right. Oh, I guess we're going to find out. Deep sigh Ooh. as we fade to black to commercial. To commercial. This, I guess our we should tell everybody right now that the Out of Practice podcast is brought to you by... 
Uh, I guess we got nothing for you. We got nothing for you just yet. No, we have one. Whoa, Anchor. <laughs> Brought to you by Anchor. FM slash yeah, like start. The gag we were going to do about having no sponsors is a lie. Because we have a sponsor. What we what we don't have is a sponsor who will pay us any money because we have to have a thousand listens first. Yeah, it's like pay per click, whatever. I, I don't know. It just feels a little better. Uh, follow our Instagram also at out of practice podcast. <laughs> you, know, you haven't gotten it yet. No, I'm really, now I'm really hoping that that's... that's uh, We're going to really... Co- you know what? If it's already there, follow them. Well, Keith... They're probably a better podcast than us. As we've come back to the episode, uh, Bobby has fallen asleep in his office, more pizza boxes, and I want to point out that the set dressers have upped the ante once again. The- you might see against the wall a spare tire in Bobby's office. What? Yeah, I'm going to screenshot that because that's my screenshot there, for the. There, that's us. There legitimately is. I didn't notice that. There is legitimately a spare tire in his office. That's how you know they're very busy. But it's not. There, there isn't even a wheel in it. No, it's literally just the tire. Like he has to like mount it on the rim or whatever you call that. No, that's a donut. Somebody just grabbed a donut from the car and they're like, "Yeah, put that in. It look real, real, look real." No, no, busy. no, no, no. But the donut has the rim inside. How are you going to put that on your car? It's literally just an empty tire. Okay. He's shaving. Don't tell me to relax. Why should I? All she's done is give him scope and make him shave. Yeah, she's basically like a hygiene police. Relax. That's her job. He was wearing slippers, by the way. Did you catch that? <laughs> Spit. Why is she always... T- Ooh. Why is she always telling him to spit? But that was a really good transition we went there, from the edifice. to a mop hitting the floor. Yeah, that was really, uh... That was somebody's, like, audition for the gig. That was a nice touch. Mick Jackson. But I think because of our relationship, he's willing to throw me 18, paid by Finley, and then bury the cost and legal fees to Michaels. What time's your meeting? What? I'm coming to the meeting. I didn't accept it. What time? I said I'd think about what it. What time? 4.15. I didn't accept we can't put the drug dealers away. Eugene, why do you need to rescue the female character? Crime she's also a lawyer. She just got your. She just got the client 18 G's. It's hard getting at least. But if we don't on the fan back one, there. Couple fans caught with the drugs right in her hand. Street value of hundred thousand dollars. Caught stuffing cut off baggies of cocaine into a. Oh, there's another fan. Another fan. Even con- I mean, I do feel bad in for Grandma. Window. I guess like if so, she already said earlier in the episode, hey, that she lost her grandson. She didn't do it right with him. But right. this girl, she raised right, well, and if she loses her to prison too, then where's the justice in that? Well, w- true. I, I want to know like what happened to the grandson. Like, was he? Because, like, they're, they're pr- she's pretty, like, clearly, happily throwing him under the bus for possession. She's, like, testifying against her brother in this trial. Is he already in prison? Like, what's his deal? Because, like, if he's not, then she's like, oh, yeah, no, he was selling the drugs. He was doing all that kind of stuff. Like, the whole point of her trying to hide it was to protect him. But now she's full-on selling him out in court. You know, if, if you had drugs in, if your brother had drugs in your room, Keith. Okay, yeah. And you had to hide them for him. Right. And the cops were like banging down your door. Is the pillowcase uh-huh. the first place you'd go? You know, that's a really good point. Uh, I mean, I, I, it's I, not as, I mean, it's I'm gonna give you, no I'm gonna, more unreasonable quick, than anything we, else. Not discuss this. I'm going to count to five. Look around your room. You have five right. seconds to decide where you put the drugs. Five. Throw four, it out the window. Three. Oh, that's good. You're, yeah. Throw it out the window. Yeah, it's smart. Yeah. 
I, I thought I'd maybe put it in like a guitar hole, but that's probably stupid. They're going to look in there, right? No, that's the first place I'd look for drugs. I, I like I'm surprised when there aren't drugs in a guitar hole. What about up your cat's ass? Vict here. <laughs> I couldn't get the crickets thing fast enough. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Mr. Donald says that's all they have. My poor client was arrested just because she had the drugs in her hand. How awful. That is like saying the police arrested the guy for murder just because when they heard the shots, he was standing over the dead body with a smoking gun, and it just isn't fair. Where's the stretch sound effect? Because that is quite the stretch to tie those two together. Fair. Use your common sense. She lied for her brother. She admitted. She well, was thanks dishonest. for that. She was that like a stretch or more of a pterodactyl having agita? He was shoving cocaine <laughs> into a sack. That man's hair is a perfect 90 degree angle. Yeah, that you know, dude doesn't have a sack of cocaine. Juries are made up of 12 people who are too stupid to get out of jury duty. Okay, we're going to workshop that one. Maybe that's not what I'm bringing right to the jury. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like she's got to take a swing cold, here because she's behind. You've got no case, no defense. You've still got a jury. Because she's not Dylan McDermott? She's not smoke, right. She's not dreamy like him? That woman Everyone starts out behind those dreamy blue eyes. It's very simple. You know what has to be done. That extra kind of looks like your wife. People today she gave a nice side eye there. Yeah. I hope they don't laugh at this one. Damn. Fan. And she wears shoes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, shoes grandma is not happy with that. Grandma has not done a lot of acting acting, but a lot of face acting. Yep. A lot of notes being Everyone's taken. Everyone's taking notes. Yeah, no iPads. No. I took notes when I was on the jury. Paper? Paper and pen notes? Paper. Paper and pen. I'm not going to let you take an iPad into a uh, courtroom. A jury member? You're like, like checking Twitter? It's precisely what I would be doing. You know, I, I came back His to my office the other day. tie has to be eight inches wide. And it's a wide I tie. found one of my associates in tears. She had just won this suppression hearing, and she was upset over the career prospect of putting drugs... I wonder if he writes the clothes the first, like in the episodes. That's what we do a lot. Just build the episode all around the clothes. When you do criminal defense work... That's a you good point. A lot of time I bet I would. I bet I would do it that way. Guilty people, and after a while, it just—that's sort of like the big song, right? That's like the right the eleven o'clock number. Yeah, first. it's, it's the eleven o'clock number. Yeah, exactly. Do you do it? You want to know why I do it? The chairs creaking. You'd think there'd be violin scoring here or something. Uh, that was my that's chair. <laughs> this is the kind of riveting introspection you're going to get on the podcast. <laughs> you get one. An innocent person, someone who's been accused of something he or she didn't do, and it becomes up to me to fight their fight. Rachel Reynolds' only crime here was trying to help her brother. Well, and also having drugs and putting them into a pillowcase, but that, you know. That's right. Concealing drugs, yes. And who amongst us can't understand that? That may be the essence of family, isn't it? And everybody's stuffed drugs into a sack. beyond the point of reason. Now, you can choose to disbelieve her. I can't stop you. 
You can give in to the same kind of jaded cynicism that Lieutenant Stewart did and think, hell, they all lie. But if you do that, the only thing you prove here today... Isn't it funny that we're that they're exploring this, and yet we still teach kids that, oh, you should tell a grown-up when something bad happens, but 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 there's a... You, we equivocate on it. Like, my little niece is only five, and she told on her classmate for... I can't remember what it was, but it was pretty ancillary. And I remember her father saying, that's making you a tattletale. Like, that we make the distinction between a tattletale and only, you know, tell the truth when necessary. So... It's funny. They is that yep. you don't know Rachel Reynolds. The search between the law and justice. I know her. As I mentioned, I have no loyalty. I'd send you to prison instantly. Well, also, like, he just made a big point, like, I know her. Well, that's completely irrelevant legally. Like, and I, I think the, the one thing that feels unrealistic about this case here is how much of it is irrelevant. Because the, the actual legal case of this... Because there are two parts of it. Possession with an intent to distribute, right? Possession, she says she possessed it. Like, that. that's that's not in question. So that's already, like, a just letter of the law that's guilty. Intent to distribute is... You, you're going to have to show evidence of her intent to distribute. Knowing her, that she's a good person, is irrelevant to that. So, like, all of this... Discuss, like whether you believed her or didn't, like all of it is irrelevant. Are it both those the, charges involved in this case, though? Because it seems like they're capitulating that she did it. She had the drugs. So are yeah, they forfeiting well, they, that, or is that not at, not at question? Well, I would imagine, and I, I don't know, because I didn't write the episode, nor am I a lawyer, nor do I know pretty much anything. But, like, that... <laughs> What Both a sell. We these- just sold it. Sold. We're listening yes. now. <laughs> Nor do well, I, I know much of anything. I do. I don't even know what day it is. I don't know where I am. I don't know who you are. Uh, but I meant like there's two charges that they're considering here. I would imagine one possession and two distrib- distribution. I know her. He was going to try to Doesn't cry, matter. but like, he can't get the tears to come, so they just cut away. Good, big swing though. Go for the fences. See that girl there. Yeah. You know, I, I try to teach her some things during this trial. Some basic, real truths. There are two fans and two air conditioners. And she ended up teaching me. <laughs> Brr. She's got totally not in LA. An integrity bigger than this room. <laughs> right. Now I see you. I see you looking at. Actually, it. that's true. And if you will, uh, I, I think the fact that like they had these sets built and that the office set and these courtrooms we see later is evidence that this wasn't, that it was picked up uh, previous to the yeah. pilot. Because they wouldn't have built the sets for a pilot they weren't sure it was going to get picked up. So you may not know this, but lawyers have, many to, of them. have to play by certain rules when they try a case. You violate one of these rules. I also could be totally wrong on that. Mm-hmm. A lawyer I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm not in TV. Oh, she's one got the gavel. Such rule says a lawyer can't knowingly put up false evidence. He can't say something to the jury he knows to be untrue, which means, believe it or not, I can't stand here before you and say that my client is innocent of the crime charge if I know otherwise. Uh, so he's going to well, say, my say client's innocent. Things. That's going to be I the big... I the state didn't meet right. its burden. It didn't prove guilt. It didn't satisfy the standard beyond all reasonable doubt. I can say those things. 
Can you say why there's a spare tire in your office? But I can't stand yeah, can we, before can we talk you boldface and say she didn't commit the act. If I know that statement to be false, that's the rules. Ladies and gentlemen. Literally no score. Zero. No score. Yeah. Rachel Reynolds did not commit the crime. Drop the mic. Rachel Reynolds is innocent. Of? Also, it Rachel like we Reynolds. know you think that. How is that relevant to them making a decision? Thank you. Like, I, I frankly think that close was pretty weak. That was literally just like, I'm so dreamy. Yeah, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. believe me. Yeah, there's like there's nothing well there's nothing to this entire case. That wasn't a negotiation. It's a gift. Rich lawyers. I was throwing Here's you a Eugene. Bone. That's tea. He's gonna mansplain um, well, to her. I was looking for a bigger bone. I see. And uh, tell me. It's okay when they do <laughs> it? When they do it? Do you have anything to say? Oh, I asked. Well, <laughs> I just picked you the sound so good, I just had to see for I, myself. I, it, just uh, inside baseball here. We're we uh we're doing this remotely, so we're not in the same room, but we have a video uh, of each other, you know, over <laughs> Skype or whatever. And after the, the, the bigger bone line, we both just yeah. stared each other down and, like, dared the other person <laughs> to say something. I wasn't aware your firm drew lines. Damn. Ouch. Let's not be silly. Finley Hogue. He's picking up a paperclip. 42 attorneys. Mm. He is now... Our client has 10 more firms picking his teeth with it ready to defend against this kind of precedent Liggett we are not Liggett at a minimum this suit would cost you a quarter of a million dollars to prosecute who's going to front that you Mr. Ray for a case that can't be won who says it can't be won and And now he put the paperclip back does that make him a boss or gross as hell I think a little bit of both. Like Secret it's it's definitely an intimidation move. Law firm in the world. And it's gross. We cheat. Uh-huh. <laughs> then there's the smell. Beg pardon? Well, the jury takes a whiff of this, whiff of that, gets kind of a hunch for the truth. They're going to smell your client, smell ours, smell you, smell me. Kind of so like scratching So I feel like they're painting Eugene as kind of a, I play right outside the rules. We can't go toe-to-toe with the big boys. Right, right. 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 But standing here right now... He's the tough guy. Mm. Smells good. Mm-hmm. The close-up is so close. Thanks again. So Suffocating. Close. He does have flawless skin. Oh, yeah. Smooth. Tasty. Maybe there's a coffee. Lindsay. It, it was a great clothes, Bobby. Great clothes, Bobby. Hold on. But you pulled it off. More kudos she to the set dresser. On that bar, I see... It's going to be quick, quick, quick. Which way? A golden penguin wearing a top hat? Oh my... Why is there... It looks like a trophy. Like, did somebody win the Golden Penguin Award and, like, leave it there? They're coming from Mattapan. That's really weird. There's also a man smoking okay. a pipe. Like a pipe. Okay. Uh, a corncob pipe. 
hour and it's a pirate bar. Is that good? Very no, good. Short deliberation means acquittal, not guilty. It's great. I like that. They talk over each other. She says it's only been a 15 hour, a 15, a 15 hour deliberation. Is that good? And on top of each other, one of them is saying how great it is, and the other one is saying how bad it is. So. Unless they just figure, hey, she must be lying. Oh, God, she's dead. Get the clerk's office back. And then they just, like, full-on flip positions, which I I think it's a nice little convention, but it's a little writery. I say that as a writer. It's a little too cute by half. I kind of wish they were having some office talk, being like, why does he have a spare tire in there? Are we having pizza again? Like, what's wrong with Bobby? We should get him some help. He really needs help. Like, he doesn't need Marie Kondo. Like, he needs, like, the full-on hoarders yeah. team to come in. Like, just, can, can we talk? I have to remind <laughs> him to wa- to use mouthwash on a daily basis. Okay. All right, you're, you're, you're Bobby. Okay. I'm, I'm the therapist. So, Bobby, can we, can, can we talk about the tire? Yeah. Um, so, I, I noticed that you have a, you have a tire in your uh, legal office, mm-hmm. it doesn't have an axle to it. So you, it's not a spare tire that you'd put on your car if you've got a flat. So can you, you know, maybe talk about why you have that in your office? Well, I, you know, I saw that tire and it was a tire uh-huh. and I've had a flat tire yeah. before and I thought maybe right. it was on sale, you know, it was at a thrift shop and it was, you know, okay. well, by sale, I mean, it was kind of garbage, it's my neighbor's garbage. And I just thought maybe I should have the tire. I see. And does having the tire make you feel safer? Good evening. I have Eugene Young for John Powers, please. What you don't understand is that I have a close to make this afternoon. And there's Uh, a 15-year-old girl. uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right? Yeah. And she's never tiring of her innocence, and so I'll never Mm -hmm. tire. Okay. Well, I and I know Tire. I might be treading on some uncomfortable territory, but treading. it seems like it sounds like you're uh, saying you're sounding you're feeling a little flat. <laughs> I was so hoping that you'd find a way to wrap that up. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really perfect. <laughs> what does it mean? What does it mean? We're going to know in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it means, but that was the, her best scene she's had. Fan. See, she's feeling trep- trepidatious, the DA now. Yeah. They're really building tension here by just listening to yeah. footsteps. See, no music. Smart. Cheap. Cheap. Yeah. I mean, she she they, she has to get off. It's the yes, first episode. I'll ask you to stand, please. That's true. What if, he, what if she lost <laughs> to the pilot? Yeah. Madam Foreperson, has the jury reached a verdict? Yes, Your Honor. You're damn right. I'll now ask you to read your verdict. A lot of closing close-ups of hand-holding. Now, I'll, I'll have you know that this... Uh, the jury forewoman here is Patricia Belcher, who will later, on the same series, play a judge. So that that juror immediately went to law school. He's like, I love this shit. (laughs) Grandma's praying. She's even rocking back and forth. She's giving you the full Oscar, the full Emmy. Seems reasonable. Massachusetts criminal law. We, the Mm. jury, find the defendant, Rachel Reynolds, not guilty. Violins! Oh. Feels like a Hallmark film. Oh, all right. So let's talk about this music. You can, you can leave it running so you can hear the music. 
No, it's too loud. Don't leave it running. <laughs> I'll take it down. Hold on. Like, that is, like, the cheesiest score. And, I mean, it's a beautiful theme and all, but based on this episode thus far, it is so intrusive. We do, we haven't had a score like this. They also are celebrating and like they won the World Series. I mean, have they nar- ne'er been in a case before? They've never... Well, I, I think that this might be the firm's first ever case because they, they don't know what a closing is. They have to yeah. explain what lawyers do. No, the guy they, went to prison for three life terms. It might be the first winning case. The first win. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean, that, that guy was just jaywalking. Yeah. <laughs> it really lost the case really hard. Even the DA's happy she lost. Right? Oh, that is the look of two people who have done it in a bathroom no, at the court or something. But the, this score sounds a lot like the theme to Picket Fences, which is the previous David E. Kelly uh, tune. It's, it's, a, it's, it's another beautiful tune, but it feels like from the, from the wrong show. Oh, there it is. Holy shit, you're right. It's the same thing. Huh. There it is. Keith is living his best life right now. I, I really like that theme. I always enjoyed it when I was a kid. They might be the same key for that matter. <laughs> I think they are. Another fan. That's a great watch out of the hey, office. Taxi. Well, they built that set. They spent all that money. Thank you. Not just for... Now, there was a higher than likely opportunity that this girl could be starting day one of a 15-year prison serve, serve, uh, yeah. sentence right now. Uh, uh, <laughs> 15 year prison, sir. I hope I live up to them. Out of curiosity. What? You already have, Rachel. You just stay your course. Your course. I promise that. Stop the car! Well, that seems aggressive. Just call an Uber. <laughs> oh, Grandma smiled. See you later. Oh, look at that. Thank you. And this feel this was actually shot on location in a real place. Whereas we're gonna see a lot of Boston that looks a lot like the Paramount lot. <laughs> or wherever whatever lot. Is it Paramount? No. A better podcast would know that. Oh, it was shot at Renmar Studios. Bobby looks up the skyline, knowing that he's in the exact right place at the exact right time doing what he needs to do. Yeah. Let's do this for another 200 some odd episodes. He might be a little rusty. All he needs is a little practice. And a tire. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, go home, man. Go home for a second. I think he's homeless. I think he lives in the office. I think that's what we're supposed to. It believe. must stink. That place. I mean, the impression I get is that that office stinks. I mean, especially since he's like hitting everything in all of Boston. He's working his ass off, though. Now comes the defendant in the above entitled matter and moves. His desk is backwards. Do you notice that the drawers face oh, the door? Oh, yeah, the drawers are on the front. That's weird. Well, maybe it's one of those like fancy double desks that has drawers on both sides. Yeah, it could be. We don't have nice things because you know we're us. He doesn't have nice things. He's got pizza boxes everywhere and it's spare time. Well, but the, the desk office. is nice. We don't have nice things. Computer in the corner that's clearly not in use. Make available for inspection no. any and all state, county, or local police reports having to. Do with matters when now we're panning out, 
That's the widest shot we've gotten this whole episode. Handheld, I'm gonna throw up. Back out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's impressive. He's keeping it in focus while... Navigating the labyrinth that is that set. And they don't have a steady cam because you can see in the camera wobble each of his footsteps. Wow, here's this, the theme. Yeah, th but that's not the practice theme. No, it's like but some they acid did not, jazz. No, well, I, I, I think they got all their music from like random sound cues they had left over from other things. Let's give oh, a couple random shoutouts. Yeah, we got filmed at Renmar Studios. Saying Holly. Oh, right. So, well, yeah. So, so they're. Their uh, their office and the um, courtrooms must have been built at Renmar, but they did a, they did some actual location shooting. It looks like in Boston. Do they ever list the cast on the these rear cre end credits? Yeah, yeah, they always do. So we should check out. Uh, any, um, That's what IMDb's for. We live. We're not in the '90s. We don't have to freeze frame our VHS tape. Yeah, but so, we might want to look what. up some ancillary characters or something that you know aren't on IMDb or are listed incorrectly, maybe. Now. That's a really interesting idea. I'd just like to point out, we've just gone over the two-hour mark. Nobody wants to hear any more about ancillary characters yeah, in this episode. Fair. Very fair. Well, there it was. That was the pilot episode of The Practice. That was it. We did it. Entitled Pilot. Pilot. All right. Well, you know what, we, you know what it's time for? No. It is time to pick our most valuable lawyer. Now, this would apply to any lawyer practicing in the episode who did the best lawyering here in the pilot of this episode. And get ready to receive your non-existent trophy for nothing. Wait, is Bobby eligible? Bo of course Bobby's el Bobby is always eligible. Well, it's got to be him, man. He, he's clearly malnourished. But all, and and uh, not as educated in lawyering as we thought, since he was trying to learn how to close. But gave a magical close that won a case that clearly, at least in part, was unwinnable. Because that's they, true. They didn't. They that's didn't true. split they, hairs. They there. conceded to the crime. Yeah, they they didn't split hairs. They said not guilty. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I think. Granted, he uh, also sent a guy away for three life sentences. So he sure did. Yeah. But we don't know what he did. He yeah. could have done something truly, truly horrible. Yeah, he might have got him down from six. That's that. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I mean, frankly, like in this, in terms of actual lawyering, lawyering, Bobby's the only one who actually did any. I mean, you know, the other lawyers were doing stuff, but it wasn't in the courtroom. And there, it seemed like all the preliminary work in the tobacco case. So, yeah, I agree with you, Bobby. Congratulations. You are this episode's most valuable lawyer. <laughs> And so, after that, we're going to do, in every episode, the best actor of the episode. But wait! You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. Wow. There man. it is. That's how I spent my morning. They're all so good, <laughs> man. Um, was that like a, uh, were we going a for a country thing there or was that was dramatic? I, I, a little bit of that. It wasn't full country, but it was like country inspired. Yeah. yeah dude, that's I a was, Keith Varney minor chord. You don't hear him much. No, no. I'm a kind of a major He guy. loves a major mode. Um, I think there's not even a close competition. I think it's, it's the for best it's, actor. Yes. I think it's our judge. Oh, you're going to give it to 
our good friend Linda Hunt. I thought she brought the every scene she was in. She was riveting. I thought it was realistic, funny, grounded, intense. I don't know that you could ask for more. Okay, well, I I I thought she was thought she was really good. Although I think she basically just did basic judgy things. I am going to give mine to Steve Harris as Eugene Young. He, Dick, though he might have been, he was super charming. And I think in terms of actually getting to know the personality of a character, I think we've we've learned a lot from him in a, in a very small window. So intimidation, paperclip move. I'm I'm giving it to uh, Steve Harris. Congratulations. I really want to know that. I mean, the paperclip move had to be in the script, right? We got such a close up of it. It couldn't have been something just he threw in there. He might have, and then they might have been like, "Yo, get it, get some B-roll of the close-up of that." Yeah, no, I'm sure. Yeah, they they definitely, I, I imagine they would, and they got the reaction shot of like uh, tobacco lawyer being grossed out by it. Like, I don't know, I, I could I could go either way. All right, that's, but that's it, fair. So, uh, yeah, that was really good. So the last thing we have to do. Wait, there's got to be a way is, to t- break the tie. No, man, split this. Well, at the end of the season. We'll do like the season awards. Who got the most? Okay. And then right, that'll fair. break the top. Cool. Uh, but what we need to do now is an episode rating. And we need to come up with some sort of a scale for this. Okay. So um, out of X, so out of 10 uh, or? Out uh, out of 10, 10, out of 10 spare tires. 10 spare tires. How many, how many spare tires out of 10 did this episode get? Um, I thought it was pretty good, I gotta say. I mean, I feel like the A case was a little weak overall, but I think they stayed vague on purpose. Uh, planted some seeds, I'm interested. I want to know more about Bobby's relationship with just about everybody, but specifically everybody. specifically uh, Eleanor, because they have something going on as far as tension between them. Right. I'm going to say six. Six, six five, spare tires. Five being average. Yeah, six spare tires. So, okay. Yeah, I, I I think that's I think that's fair. I mean, I think the uh, it being the pilot, you're sort of hamstrung because you have to serve all these characters and give a little nugget of who all these people are, and you're building a whole wide world. Um, I agree with you that the I think the A case was probably the weakest part of the show. Um, it just it felt it felt like the stakes that the show were asking us to feel like it had didn't match the actual stakes. Oh, and, agreed. You know. And so it was like, we're supposed to think this is this huge monumental thing. I'm like, yeah, that, I mean, that's personally for that person, that's a big deal. But I don't know if this is worthy of like an entire like orchestral score. Yeah, it makes me think moving <laughs> yeah, forward, we probably only need like two stories. I don't know that the third story, I'm, I'm going to give third story to Free Willy because it had zero consequence. Oh, the, Free Willy, sure. The cigarette, the cigarette thing I think is... a. They were a little heavy-handed with it, also, but I think it could pay for it could play forward. So I, I don't know that they well, need more than that. Well, they're laying groundwork for yeah. sure. Yeah. So uh, that was a that was a long way of saying if five is average, I'm I, I'm going to give it a five and a half. I'm yeah. going to go slightly under. Yours. I think it gets a benefit of the doubt though because it is a pilot, right? So it's more of a proof proof yeah. of concept than anything else. That's that's true. That's true. It, it is it is definitely the degree of difficulty on a pilot is higher. So I would say that, and because I would agree, it's right at average. I'd say five is is fair, but because of that factor, I will give it the the pilot bump. So that's why I'm saying six. You in a six? Okay, fair enough. So <clears throat> quick math. That's in a uh, combined average of five point seven five. Congratulations, pilot. Five point seven five tires. Right. I'm going to write that down. I guess we should know that probably. Yeah, somebody should keep track of that. I don't know if it's going to be me, but somebody should. Uh, That's why Google should Google do Docs, that. man. All right. Well, 
Guys, come back next week for episode two, entitled part one, for for some no, reason. Oh, why are they doing this? Come on. It's very confusing. And if you're playing at home, uh, episode three is entitled Trial and Error. Oh, God. Okay. So there's no part two. Anyway, uh, there it is. So uh, hold on. I have a play out. Here we go. Do it. Here it comes. So if people want to contact us, how do they reach us? You can reach out to us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. Send us questions, comments, concerns, complaints, money, whatever you want to do. Someone will maybe check that email sometime. Somebody should. Yeah, and somebody should also set up the Instagram account that we uh, <laughs> we put up. I've forgotten the password already. Great. And we promise next episode will not be 14 hours long. Promises we can't keep. (laughs) Oh, I'll keep it because I'll just get up and leave. I don't care if we're in the (laughs) teaser. Man, that feels like like an actual horn player you got. Oh, no. It's just a really good fake horn. What is Wisdom of One? Wisdom of One is the story of me, the brave and powerful hero Skankross 7 and counting. Wisdom of One, there's like all these crazy adventures that we go on. It always has something new. (laughs) This podcast has many, many personality disorders in evidence. See if you can spot them all. The one telling the story is shockingly repressed. Yet another Dungeons and Dragons comedy podcast. Interrupted by long stretches of grunting from Dagon and pointless NPC nonsense you should skip through. Sometimes it's just more fun than real life, I guess. So find us on your podcatcher of choice. Give us a listen, rate, and review us. We need your help there for sure. Wisdom of One. Failure is a way of life. Wisdom of 21.